It's Off Exit 10, presented by Capital District Sport and Fitness. Alright guys, let's get this going man. We got we got a squad right now, the the most number of people we find yet. Um, so we got three guys, three of the, the hardest working guys I know, and three guys that have taken just very different or very unconventional routes to, to find success in their sport. Um, so we got Greg Ferrone, Ryan Packard, Ty Gallagher, all from Herkimer Community College. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit to start and ask you guys just like you know, kind of the process going to Herkimer um, and what that was like kind of in high school as everybody else was committing um, and just kind of like the stigma or if you felt like there was a stigma around going to community college. Uh, for me, uh, I didn't really know if I was going to play football or baseball. So I was kind of like last minute about it. And like, I mean, I had kind of like options for both. <laughs> And actually, our assistant coach at Herkimer, he actually is like, he was my travel coach when I was a kid growing up. So, like, I always had that connection with there. And it was just one random, like, showcase in, like, October. It was, like, the last time I was going to throw. I was, like, 85 to 87. And he was like, dude, like, you have a legitimate shot of, like, getting a scholarship someday. Like, come, like, come be a junior college guy. Like, just grind and then, like, you'll make it. And then it's ultimately like what I decided to do because like football like I was gonna go kick field goals and like that's just something like wasn't as fun as like throwing baseballs and like a regional championship <laughs> game so I was like all right like, I'm just gonna do that and then ultimately I decided to go the juco route all right so football was going into your senior year of high school you said I'm I want to play football in college yeah. like that that's where that's, that's where your brain was at. I was gonna try to play both like maybe go to like Portland or Brockport play both or like play at a higher divisional level for like kicking field goals but like it was, it was a tough decision for sure. Right, right, but 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 ba but baseball <laughs> baseball is what you enjoyed more. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, throwing gas or kicking field goals. That's what I'm saying. What right? sounds better, you yeah. know? Yeah. By the way, that was that was Ryan. That, that, that yes, yeah, so we have Ryan. Let's just introduce you guys. So you guys don't get confused. So that's Ryan. Um, we got Greg Ferrone right here. What's up? Um, so why don't you talk a little bit, Greg, about just like what your process was, you know, coming through high school? Uh, yeah. So I mean, junior year. I went down to West Virginia Wesleyan, took a visit, uh, and then a couple weeks later after that, I committed there. And then Coach Raz and Lane texted me saying, same kind of the same thing about Packard. They saw me throw, and they're like, "You have a legitimate shot." Same thing, D1 scholarship, whatever. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I was up in the air about it. Because I didn't want to. I signed my NLI. I didn't want to walk away from it. it. Made me look bad. I don't know. Right. But and then. A week before he moved in last year, freshman fall, I was like, all right, let's go be a Juco bandit. And that was it. So you were that late. Like, you were ready to go to Yeah, I, to I paid my deposit the day before I moved in. Oh, shit. So, oh, shit. That's wild. That is that is wild. What made you make the switch, the, tr the trust in, in these guys? Uh, I think I had trust in them, too, and myself more. Because right. with Juco, you're kind of on your own more. Right. Like, you got to bet on yourself if you're going to want to be good or not. And then Packard texted me before I even knew who he was. A couple other guys that played at Herc, and they were like, listen, dude, this is the spot to be. I was like, all right, let's Say do this. We're doing it. See, just like culture and community and being around good people, it, like, it, goes, it goes a long way. Um, and then we got Ty Gallagher. So, Ty, why don't you just let the people know Can a little bit about you guys hear me good over here? Oh, we hear oh, you. We got, we got a beautiful right. voice, Ty. All right, so, you know, Saring just basically soul. same recruitment process and 
Coach Lane reached out to me. Like was my it was actually my last visit. I visited uh, a few Division three schools, Division two school, and I was like, you know what? Like I just like the vibes Herkimer gave off. So, you know, JUCO was the route. I didn't really know much about it at the time, but now I do, and glad I made my choice. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you got you guys grew up in the generation below us. Like when we were in high school, there was no fucking internet. Like you know, you knew the dudes you played with, and you didn't like the dudes you played against. But that's all you knew. Like you knew nothing else. Like, did you guys feel pressures? I'll start with you, Greg. In terms of like, well, I need to go D1. This guy signed D1. I saw this on Twitter. I'm not doing that. In high school, did you feel that type of way, or no? You're like, I'm fucking betting on myself. I'd say in high school, yeah, I was worried about other people more than myself. Like seeing people from my area throwing harder than me, trying like going D1. Like, I had those D1 aspirations, but, like, the talent wasn't there. My grades weren't there. So I was like, all right, I got to change something. Right. And then going to Herkimer, really, I flipped the switch pretty much. Right. And you saw that, like I said, when you said, okay, I'm not going to go down to Virginia, you saw Herkimer as that place that, okay, like, if I want to now take myself and have those, still have those aspirations to go D1, like, this is a place to now help me get there. Yeah, because, like, I didn't really know much about Herkimer. I never knew it was a real place, honestly. Never heard of it in my life. <laughs> we still don't know it's a real place. <laughs> Is it a real place? So okay. And, then, like, I never knew Coach Rad has Coach Raz had all these connections, and he's, like, after my freshman year in the spring, he's getting me in contact with people I don't never talk to in my life. Right. Like, I never – I'll be honest, I never knew what the Cape Cod League was before last year. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool, let's go. Cool, we're doing, we're doing <laughs> so this thing. Cape Cod. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, like if, 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 you know, after the summer, your senior year of high school, somebody said, hey, you're going to be playing the Cape in two summers. I would have been like, what's that? Right. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know about? what that is. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Yeah, but that network is so huge. Like, you get out into, into the work world, like, it's all about finding a good network. And that's, like, I think something kids miss in high school because they're just like, I'm going to go D1. And they disregard every other variable, the coaches, the coaching staff, if it's going to be good for them. It's just nice to fucking make that post online. That, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of guys chase that hype. They chase the hype. They chase that shitty graphic they post up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking going here. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Their fucking buddy makes some dumb graphics. They can get like you know, 200 fucking $5 likes. $5 graphic on Instagram DM. <laughs> Shit drives me crazy, it's man. It's fucking wild. Fucking, it's 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 a, it's wild, man. It's really wild. Um, so Ryan, I mean, like, it's a similar deal with you, like, uh, you know, kind of last minute, I guess, decision, or not until your senior high school said, "Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go play baseball." Yeah. Um, and you have a bit of a different story. Like then you get to Herc, and then COVID happens, yeah. and then you tear your UCL. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was uh, that was a little interesting path, little roadblock for me. Uh, basically, went in the fall. We had a really, really good team, and we had like eight or nine guys, 90 plus, like already had a kid signed to Rutgers. Like, we were, like, predicted to do some serious damage. And, you know, COVID came around. Uh, you know, I had, like, biceps tendonitis. I had, my shoulder was messed up. And then I wound up going home for COVID, and um, I'm like, you know what, I, I'm just going to take this time to, like, dedicate everything I have to it. There's nothing else to do. So I was like, I'm just going to get my body in the best shape I can. Like, I'm just going to throw as much as I can. And for the first time, I hit, like, 90 miles an hour, and I was like, all right, like, I'm seeing changes. And then I finally got to play in, like, some league up in – Hudson River, and you know, I just threw, I just abused my body. I didn't take care of my body. I would lift every day. I would throw every day. I didn't do the right things, and then I was, like, pitching shut out, like, seven innings, and then, uh, like, two outs in the seventh, I blow my UCL. And I'm like, and I didn't know. Like, it just, like, popped, and I was like, I just rubbed it. 
that's it. And I finished the game. Savage. Three days later, I, I just came, rubbed it. <laughs> three days later, I came back. I closed the semifinal game, and on the way home, I closed two seven inning games. This for is, my this is game. after you tore. Wait, me. Yeah. He was this is after you tore your UCL. Yeah, you said UCL, you just went I came savage. Back, pitched in the playoffs for them, and on the way home, I pitched for my Legion team. Oh. I closed two different doubleheaders against him. Did you strike <laughs> him out? Mine, if it's I grounded out. Actually, I grounded out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like I didn't know, and like I couldn't throw. Then like, the next day, I wake up and like my arm was locked in place. Couldn't move it. Like it was the worst pain I ever had. And like I just waited like three weeks, and then I finally went to the doctors. I saw like Doctor Ahmad, as you guys have good connections with him, and he was like, "Yeah, like, you need Tommy John." And I was supposed to move in in like four days, and I was like, I called Coach Raz, and I was like, "Like I need TJ." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, like I'm sorry." And he was like, "All right, well." I don't even know how it works out and like what you're gonna do. Right. So I kind of just took the semester off. Right, but it's like rehab. that's that's why you want to position yourself with good dudes. It's like yeah. an, imagine if you want a different route and sign exactly. to some small D1, just go D1 at high school. Could have pulled my scholarship and 100%, that would have been it. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and look where we're at now. Um, so how was that process rehabbing? It's like um, well, luckily I got up here with you guys. Like Dr. Mod like said this was the place to go, and you know, I live an hour and 45 minutes away, but. I had nothing to do, so like in the mornings I would just DoorDash, get like 30 bucks, fill my car, and I'd come up here three, four times a week, whatever I had to do. And up here, it kind of just like changed my life, and like like the things I learned, like mobility-wise, like I never did mobility. I had no idea what mobility was. I was just, all right, let's go deadlift 500 pounds. Like yeah. that's all I knew. Right. Yeah. And like the mobility side of it, and like all the little workouts that like no one thinks of, like I started to do, and I just started to see like real changes, and like it really, benefit I mean, now i'm changing my college major exercise science i just love it now like, i just learned so much about that's it. fucking awesome that's dude. amazing man yeah. I, I did i did not know that yeah that's <laughs> that's dope dude i mean you're not the only kid though that's like i feel like either gone through that injury or like had a lot of physical therapy and yeah. then they end up going that route yeah. like they're like i mean i know so much about it already and like i love it so uh. why not go that route and uh it's it's awesome that like you've been able to take an injury and find different things yeah. out of it that have been like a blessing for you in a sense yeah, you know for sure. you know find the find the hidden gems and like the bad things that happen in your life yeah. and you know it kind of helps you flip a switch of like all right i gotta i gotta do this this and this now yeah. and you know i tore my achilles yeah. so like for me like the switch flipped immediately as it happened like as soon as it happened i knew so like for you when did you feel like, I mean, obviously you pitched with the injury, but when did you feel like, okay, this this is like the time, you, like obviously you found out you needed Tommy John. Was it when you found out or was it like short after you had surgery that you were like, all right, this this shit's real? Like, it was it was real in the office. So like, I didn't know, like I was just telling myself like, like yeah, I was throwing. So like, I was still trying to throw like work through. I thought I just had like sight, like soreness. So I was like taking it slow. And I remember going down to Dr. Mod's office and like I was just convinced myself I, I just had like flexor pronator, something was wrong. And there was nine pictures of the MRI guy and he gets to the ninth one. And I just see him zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. He looks at Frank Alexander, zooms in, zooms out, and they both turn and look at me. And I just got that look and I just, my head just collapsed. I like went in tears, I just knew. And then he was like, you can, He's like, you know what this is? And I was like, yeah, I do. Like, I had a buddy that went through it with you. And he was like, listen, like, you can get a cortisone shot and a bunch of shots that like, you can do PT in, like, six months and, like, see if it'll work. But, like, if you want to have a long career, play Division One baseball and farther, like, you, you need Tommy John. And I was like, he's like, I'll give you 15 minutes. And I was just like, nah, like, I'm doing it. Doing it. Let's do it. We're doing it. So that yeah. switch flipped pretty quick for you, too. Like, it was like. Yeah, it was real. You were like, listen, like, I know what I got to do. Like, yeah. it sucks, but 
like it's gonna be a grind and, I, and I'm gonna get through it like yeah, yeah that, I mean and that's just the competitor in you I mean yeah. I've, you're one of the first kids I remember when I started here that was going through Tommy John uh-huh. uh, between you and, and Puzz that you played with like Puzz was the first person I saw fresh off Tommy John yeah. and then you were like the first person that I saw come in like and was already like in the rehab process mm-hmm. and squatting a shit ton of weight yeah. like doing a bunch of shit that I'm like damn I'm like this guy's Tommy John surgery yeah. and like he's squatting 400 pounds I'm like all right you can do this so yeah for sure know. there's 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 always a way to train do you feel like yeah. you you're where you're at right now like you just signed to Dayton right recently mm-hmm. correct like do you feel like you're where you're at now without going through that or no shot like it's not even close like the things I learned like it wouldn't have gotten me this far and like I just like learned I think the biggest thing for me was like everything I learned like getting stronger like that's gonna happen over time like if you work hard at it like the knowledge I learned from getting Tommy John and like the things I thought I was doing everything right like but I realized I wasn't eating right. I wasn't getting eight to ten hours of sleep every night. Like, right. Just all the little things I wasn't doing, like that, something I learned from getting surgery, and then just put it all together, and then finally it's starting to pay off for me. Right. Like all my favorite successful people, like have gone through real tough shit or gone through adversity. Like it's not just an easy climb. No. And like Greg, you didn't have an injury, but like your path in terms of high school, not getting recruited to a big college, going going to Herc. Like what did you throw in high school? Velocity. Good days, 83. And like, what you just hit last week? 95. So, <laughs> what do you? It's crazy. Like, what do you attribute that to over the years? Like, it didn't happen quickly. Uh, yeah, it did. It happened kind of quick. It, it happened did. really quick. I don't know. I was, I wasn't the biggest kid. I wasn't strong. Right. I didn't know what mobility was, as Packard was saying. But I'd say, freshman fall, I was 205 pounds. Like. I didn't have arm problems, but I had, like, tendonitis, mm-hmm. and, like, that caused me, like, to not throw good, I guess you could say. Right. And then I went home. After I talked to Raz, he was like, listen, if you don't come back throwing hard or whatever, you're going to hit. I was like, oh, I don't really want to hit. <laughs> I, was like, I got a big body. I'm going to just throw. So I came back 30 pounds up, stronger. I was throwing, I was, like, four to six beginning of the winter, and then I got up to 88, and I was like, damn. That's the hardest I've thrown in my life ever. Right. And I just took that and I just realized what, how long, probably like five, six months could do. Mm-hmm. Five, and six months of what though? Strength training, everything, eating? Everything, like I just stopped talking to everybody. Right. Those five to six months I was home, like I ignored everybody. I didn't talk to nobody at school. Like occasionally I'd text people and say what's up, checking how they're doing, but I was more focused on myself, which is how I am now too. Like. Yeah, guys on the team, I care about them. I want them to be successful and eat as well. But I'm, I got to win too, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. But I don't. I just focus more on the, the smaller things because, like, the strength training was going to be there. Like, I have access to facilities to get stronger, mm-hmm. the throwing programs, people make them for me, all this other stuff. It was just eating right and sleeping right and actually giving a fuck, honestly. Right. I think actually giving a fuck that about, a big about yourself and – I don't say not not giving a fuck about others, but like not caring what their process is. Like right, I think when you're too focused on others, you just you don't you're not going to be the best self you can be. When you're worried about other people's situations or whatever, and you're trying to help other people more than yourself, you ain't you know, you're not you're not going to reach your top athletic ability or whatever you want to do in life. Honestly, right? Like, well, do, do you see other guys? And you're like, man, like you got this backwards. Like you gotta you gotta refocus. You gotta you're too focused on others. You're too distracted with this. Yeah, I th- like the Instagram, like social media plays a big role in how high schoolers see other people. Like, 
there's kids all over Twitter and stuff. They're like 97, 99. I'm looking at them like, holy shit. This kid's class of 2023, throwing right. harder than me, and I'm a pretty much a, like I'm a grown man. <laughs> but it's like uh, everybody's worried about the, the next person. I just think if everybody took that attention away from other people and focused on themselves, they'll do outstanding things. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just too hard now with the that thing in your phone, the phone in your pocket. It's like you pull it out, you start scrolling, and, and there you go. There you go down the rabbit hole of other people, and there you are distracted. Take away from time you could spend thinking about yourself and what work you got to do to get to where you want to be. Because time's going to move fast. It's like you're going to work or, or, you're, or you're not going to work. Um, well, who is it? Isn't it like Warren Buffett that says like something like he won't invest in like a business, like somebody's business, unless that person's failed like twice. Like you got to go through failures and trials and tribulations in order to be successful and, and feel success too. Like, right. you know, you may win all the time, like, but then when you finally lose and you're like, don't know how to deal with it, that's when the downward spiral goes. But if you can deal with that adversity and, you know, flip that switch like you did and you know, big things can come for you. Like, obviously, you know, difference between 83 and 95 right now and right. starting out at JUCO and now you're going to, you know, D1. So, you know, big things can change when you start to change the focus to yourself more. And like you said, it's like, you got to be a little selfish. Like, you got to be, for sure. You know, in life in general, you know, if you focus too much on other people, like, then you lose sight of where you are. And that's that's the biggest thing. That's it. Like, like that's probably, you know, part of, like, the JUCO mentality, like, like talk to me. What did talking about the JUCO? The, the JUCO, JUCO stigma. The JUCO bandits. It's baby. a dog eat dog world. That's what it is. Yeah. That's it. You feel what like like underdog. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty much you can be as good as you want to be, and how hard you're gonna work. Because everyone thinks like everyone thinks JUCO is like they're just like oh like it's like kids who like didn't do good in school, like kids who like just like had like messed up somewhere, and like that's not the truth. Like everyone wants to go Division One. The Division One hype is so overrated. Kids who play Division One at like sports are like it's a it's a privilege. It's it's awesome. Like congrats, but like there's Division Three junior college schools that will go to a Division One school and take three games from them in a weekend because they're just that hungry. They're like, I don't care who you are. We wake up on the put on the same clothes, tie the same shoes. Right. Like I'm here. Like fuck you. There's like, definitely let's, let's fuck fuck. more of a chip <laughs> on the shoulder for the JUCO guys. Yeah. Like D ones, you get everything handed to you. You get all this nice gear and shit. Herc, you get three shirts and two pairs of shorts all year. That's all you're wearing. From BSN And you pay $100 for it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're paying for your stuff. You're waking up. It ain't, it, I don't know. No, that clothing, that was, when I went to college, I was like, yes, fuck, I finally made a team. Like, uh, bring on the gear, baby, let me go. Where's this at? Let it rip. All of a sudden, they send me a link. Like, here's our web store, like, 60 bucks for this t-shirt. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> I thought you gave me this shit. What are we doing? What are we doing? But no, I mean, I love that mentality. Like, those are my favorite types of high school kids that come in the gym. Like, you can tell they're hungry. You can tell they got a chip on their shoulder. You can tell the kids who are just here because, like, they think you're supposed to be here. Like, there's a big difference. Like, Ty, like, this summer when I first met you, um, like, playing in the PGCBL, like, it's a lot of big D1 names, and you're there catching these guys. Yeah, I mean, it was a struggle. Like, the first few months, first few weeks, it was like... Where you go to school, like, you know, Fairfield, St. John's, you know, just big-name schools, like, you know, the two catchers in front of me, you know, Schwartzy was at, he's at SNU now, but, you know, he was at St. John's, and then Sebo, who is with the Braves now, so, like, you know, it's kind of like, you have to, you know, try to hold your own, and, like, you know, not getting a lot of innings, you know, last spring, kind of slowed me down the first few weeks Mm -hmm. but you know getting into it and like you know the support of the guys is what you need more than anything right and i think like you know 
developing a routine and developing like knowing what you have to get better at is like a big thing and that's where like I started to make a little progress in my summer and then you know obviously middle of the summer you know hitting like a buck 30 you know but now I got 60 at bats under my wing so guess what now I'm gonna start attacking guys the second half of the season you know when you have to really change things and like you know your your work period's over like you're done working on your stuff like now you have to go do it so you know like my mentality was let's just get a little confidence to go into the fall and try to have a good fall and just you know get back to herc right like you know that's what summer ball is about it's about your development it's about what you got to do so you know it was kind of crazy it was like these guys are really good and like it was a game in Amsterdam. They had a starter from, mm, I don't know what school, one of their flamethrowers. And I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit who you are. I'm just going to fucking hit a ball really hard off of you. And, you know, that's when I had a double and a single. And that was where, like, everything started to fall. And it's like, you can't just give a fuck who's on the mat. You just got to keep going. Right, right. I think like, the word you used a lot is development. And that's key. Like, think thinking about your career as development. Like what Greg said, like, fucking focus on yourself. Right. What's going to help you to keep continuing your career? And that may and that may not be. You guys are all prime examples. That might not be committing to some D1 just to do it. It's like I got to make sure I'm developing as a player and as a person and, and progressing through life. Mike, I think that comes with more of a routine. You know what I mean? Like routine is like a big word you'll see a lot of baseball guys use. Like, I mean, these two guys here, like, you know, I live with them and they're like, they do the same shit every day on the day before they throw, the day after they throw, the day they throw. Right. So it's like, you know, even as a hitter, like I'm like, all right. I got to get, you know, my tennis ball work in before I take a, a flip swing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. establishing a routine and establishing what works for you and finding what works for you is like, it's like a big thing. Like it changes a lot for right. sure. Right. Um, what made you find your routine? Like just trial and error? You see somebody else? That's a big, that was another big thing. Like perfect game league. It's like, all right, you see how these guys are going about their business. Like, you know, you try to copy that. Like, you know, we had two hitters from Louisville this year. It was like. It's really, and Handle, my Candle from Fairfield. Like, shout out my Candle. Shout, shout out, out my Candle. Shout out my Candle. You know, like, I watch those guys, like, I would watch those guys take BP. Like, you know, you watch other guys do things and find out what works for them. And, you know, I like to pick brains. Like, I'll constantly, like, I'll ask Pack and Greg about pitching mechanics. Like, because if I'm catching and a pitcher's struggling, like, I want to be able to help them. Right. So it's like constantly picking brains and kind of figuring things out, like, on your own is kind of how to do it, really. Yeah, yeah. You live with both these guys, huh? Yeah. Holy shit, man. <laughs> That's got to be a fucking rowdy, rowdy house who, right there. Who you got to make sure is okay the most? What's that? Who you got to make sure is okay the most? You go out. Who you got to watch out for? They're taking care of me. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I'm like, it sounds like Packard's getting that eight to ten hours of sleep. So, yeah. you know, maybe he's the one taking care of Ty. <laughs> I, I Packard's always, liver begs to defer. I'm like, I'm like the dad of the house, if we're being honest. I'm always... Doing dishes, cleaning cooking up, dinner, cooking dinner. Yeah, talking talk and tie into bed. Nah, <laughs> not all that. reading for own bedtime stories. Yeah. <laughs> On occasion. <laughs> oh shit, man. Nah. No, one of these dudes is a blast, though. It but is. Where, when you know there's a bullpen, like there was days we we're going to Banton this fall. Not at five me, o'clock. Me and Greg were in the living room. <laughs> Two JBL speakers connected at 5 a.m. playing shackle and high by death, like five finger death punch. <laughs> like we, we were just sitting there, just like getting our drunk and energy punches, like head nine at 5 a.m. Games in like seven hours. We're just like, dude, I'm. And I'm a hitter, so I'm like, I'm like, what are these guys doing, man? What are these guys? Like, dude, I'm just that ready to play. I was up at 3 a.m. I couldn't sleep. I was so, I was just 
that fired up. Ty gets waking up by five finger death punch. Like what? I'm the like, fuck? what are you guys doing? Why is Metallica on? Why is my bed shaking? <laughs> damn speakers no but like when i think back to college like there's obviously all the games but i just think back to the times like just living with your dudes like yeah right like that that's the shit you remember yeah, man. We've, had, we've had our fair share of good times yeah man no that shit's <laughs> real so it's like okay like you you went you went through your tommy john pack and yeah. and, and and you guys are all going through process right now getting back into the season was last season regular like yeah. regular schedule regular. yeah it was, pretty regular. it was cut back a little bit but pretty much regular season Regular season. Yeah. And then the year before was the COVID, COVID year, yeah. right? Yeah. See, I always get so confused with the COVID eligibility. Like, I have no idea, no idea. what, like, year and We're still all freshmen. This is wild. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, how, how old are you, Greg? I'm 19. Back. I turned 21 in two months. It's crazy. <laughs> freshman. <laughs> oh, That's man. wild. I'm 21. I'm a freshman. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. So, you'll so you pack and front. You'll both go in next year as yeah. sophomore. I think it depends on like the level. Like if you like JUCO to Division One, JUCO to Division Three, I think it's different. Like okay. how much? But I think we'll both go with three years of eligibility next year. Everyone except D two, I think, gets three. Just three. Here, Ty, slide closer to that mic a little bit. Right. Pack you two. I just want to make sure we're going to be good. I think we, I think we've yeah, been okay. So sure. what? So would you say, Ty? That I think for Division Three and Division One, everyone gets three okay. because NJCAA is transferring over. I okay. think I don't know about Division Two. I'm not sure. Right. Because right. I know. Playing D three next year, I'm gonna have three. So wait, where are you going? I'm gonna go to Hobart William Smith, baby. Oh, Startup program. Hell yeah! It's, it's yeah. a great school. Yeah, Hobart I'm excited for school. that for sure. No, it's awesome, Ty. Congrats, man. Thank Congrats you. Appreciate on that, that. I knew that. Congrats, that, That's man. news to us. So that's that's awesome. Mr. Yeah. Brainiac over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. I mean, there, there's a route for everyone. You know, it, like I, I love this like JUCO because it's so like, you know, Louisville, Dayton, you know, draft like. You know, you're talking draft, about top five yeah, drafts, right? So it's like you know, <laughs> there's a wide like I'm a division three. I'm gonna go be a bookworm. Like you know, that's what you know. Everyone has their route. Everyone does their thing. Like that's what I like about baseball. That's what I like about JUCO. You know, and then like everyone finds their fit. So right. But, but you're gonna be able to go compete. That's the big thing. Like right. you're gonna go there, compete. You're gonna play. You're gonna have a good, like you're not gonna go there and or go up to division one. Right. And sit the bench, and then fall out of love with baseball because you're literally sitting the bench and never stepping right. on the field. It's amazing how like JUCO like changes your view on everything too. Like you know your coaches, like they're like Coach Rad and Coach Lane. They don't emphasize Division One. They're trying to emphasize what fits for you. Right. You know what I mean? So like not everyone is meant for Division One life. Like some guys like the D two life. Some guys like Division Three. Like you know everything fits for everybody differently so right like i wish every high school kid could hear that right i mean that's the one thing of ice i would give them find the best fit for you well all the way around yeah right. you know don't look for one specific thing in one specific place you know but we were talking look for everything we were talking to one of our adult clients and there's like this thing he was talking about that like you can like narrow down like okay you got you want to go to division one two and three you want baseball your major like all these specific things and then it filters it out for you 100%. and you can find your best fit and then if you have like the right people in place with you that are advising you and and all that you're gonna see who's like where you should go and what's gonna be like you said your best fit um for you like whether it's d1 d2 d3 juco um there, there's so many different options out there and i think kids get so fixated on that d1 status that that makes that it's makes like it hard it's like a status symbol mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of I mean, believe me, I've seen some Division One players that are not too good, man. 
Like, how are you, like, you know, it's a label. Like, yep. like they were saying before, you know, our junior college team will walk into any, a lot of Division One programs and give them work for three games. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, that's just how they operate. So yeah. I mean, we did. Shout out Binghamton. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wasn't gonna mention it. Shots fired. I love it. The boys got busy and being on two. I love it. You beat one game, two games. You beat up on uh, one. It was long, like one, long game. Game. one long game. One Took long game. Took a break at down. seven innings, and then I don't know. We gave it to him for eight innings, and the ninth inning, it was we were tired. We wanted to go home. We were on there all day. <laughs> yeah. We were waiting for that we, pizza. Statement made. Statement made. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I love it, man. No, I can't wait to watch some games. But no, Ty, I mean, you got D1 players who, you know, maybe aren't as great and end up there. Or Paul and I have met over the past few years a lot of high school kids who will sign a Division One scholarship, a school that's probably not the best for them, play there for one year, play there for fall ball or two, <laughs> and be like, transfer, or be like, man. Or done. Done. Baseball Just is done. not the same, man. Yeah. I do not love this anymore. Right. Like, Greg, how much did you make sure in this process, you know, ending up at Louisville next year, like, Finding a place that could do everything we've been talking about can develop you, but a place you know you could be happy and like is gonna you know get you to to that next step. I don't like when I I talked to like Mississippi State and like they showed interest a little bit and like all these other D1 schools talking to Raz and everything. They're like we want him like to wait till like spring or whatever. And I was like I could do that, but and then Coach Roger at uh, Louisville called me and I got over there after Thanksgiving and I, as soon as I stepped on campus I was like this is me he like showed me around and he showed me what they do for the pitchers like they have a guy who breaks down the film for you runs the track man stuff they take care of their guys and, like everybody was more it wasn't just a bunch of dudes trying to get drafted or just just play they were all like brothers like I hung out with some of the guys in their apartments and stuff and it just felt normal I felt like I was at school in Herkimer but with just different people right. and like when I'm comfortable it's like all right Let's do it. Yeah. And Coach Rods, he was like, listen, he was like, you got the body, you got the stuff. He goes, just one year here. And Coach McDonald said the same thing. Me and him had a one-on-one in the office. And he was giving me a breakdown of, like, the program itself. <laughs> and, like, Louisville's the, the second-best program overall besides Vanderbilt and everything. People signing bonuses professionally, uh, draft, like, the round, the pick, all that stuff. Louisville's second behind Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt's probably the best program for college right. baseball but uh he would he would just ran me through it he was like not a lot of people can say they play in omaha which they do pretty often so i was like all right let's do it louisville's yeah. the spot yeah louisville man there's a lot of good dudes we've been <laughs> i've been lucky the past two three summers to meet louisville guys like ben metzinger who's amazing and and chris sang and, and cam masters masterman is there now like they're good dudes um how much is like you just talk about signing bonuses and like how much is the next level in your head now or right now you're like okay let's get shit done at Herc let me get to Louisville and then let's take life from there right now I don't I, I just want to play professionally as fast as I can honestly like it's 50-50 it's both ways like round money right what depends on what I'm going to get right where maybe I don't know mm-hmm. and then like Louisville I think about it it's like okay I can get my degree there it'll look better if I like baseball doesn't work out, right. I can develop maybe one more year, and I can say to other people that like I played in Omaha, which is dope. Like Very not dope. many people do that. Very dope. Very dope. And like not many people get to say they played in the ACC, which right. is one of the best Power Five conferences ever. 
so I mean professionally is like still there and like I would love to play professionally but it's still in the air 50 50 right. I, I mean I've talked to a bunch of teams advisors all that stuff and like some project me next year after a year which I, like I'm okay with mm -hmm. like it's all right I'll go to Louisville and play for one year cool right. some are like listen you have a good year it can happen I was like okay right we'll see what we can do so you're just taking it kind of step by step. One, whatever comes in front of you, that's what you're taking, and just yeah. rolling with it. It's I, I'm a family guy too. Like what's good for my parents too. Like what, like they will support me no matter what. Absolutely. And like I want to make sure they're set as well because they've put so much time and money into my career. And like if I have that money to support them and give back to them, I'm taking it. Absolutely. You know, I, I can't blame you for that. That I mean, you hear that all the time with different professional athletes. Like family's such a big thing. And like I'm super family oriented. So is Mike. So for us, it, you know, if we were in your position, I'm sure it would be very similar. So I, I respect that a lot. And it's, you know, it's nice to hear somebody say, like, yeah, like, my mind's on professional sports for sure because you have that opportunity potentially in your future, but you're still taking it step by step. Like, whatever's in front of you, that's what you're trying to conquer next. Like, you got the Herkimer season coming up. Like, right. that's your next challenge. Like, yeah. you're not looking too far into the distance where you're going to, I'm like, I'll bullshit with these guys. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to school next year. Fuck that shit. <laughs> like, I, I don't enjoy going to school. Like, I'll sit on the couch and watch TV. And I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I just want to play baseball freshly. No school. Don't worry about it. But, and then it's like, as we get closer and closer to the season, as you mentioned, it's like, all right, let's go win a national title. Absolutely. Louisville's a couple months away, like months away, drafts months away. Let's be in the now. That's like, a lot yeah. of people are in the future, worry about the future too much. I like being in the now. Hey, I think that's paid off for you. I mean, yeah. needless to say. 100%. I think, I think it's paid off for you pretty well. So I think you're doing all right with that. Yeah, I think so. most definitely. What's life like right now? Like, what's the day? You're in the preseason still. When's the first game? Uh, um, March, March 12th, 12th March I think. 12th, 14th, I'm going to trust Ty on this one. To be honest, I only, I only got one day on my calendar, and that's the day we play Niagara. So that's all I really care about right now. I think it's right. the 12th in March, yeah. yeah. 12th, and then we play Niagara the 15th or the 14th. Yeah. We got some unfinished business up there. Okay. Okay. Is that how it finished last year? Mm. A little, yeah. a little, a little tough. Off. I think uh, we owned them last year, honestly. I think if we had one more go around with our, our better arms on the mound, no disrespect to anybody who pitched or whatever, but I think if they got our better guys, I mean, we smacked them. We played them three times, four yeah. times. Played play them twice times. in Cortland. Mercy, we Ramo hit a walk off first game. Second game got rained out, but we were up six to one in the third. The regional game, the first game on Sunday, we beat them nineteen eight. What made five errors? We shouldn't have won that game. Yeah. They just baseball, and it happened. Don't get us wrong though, like that Niagara team is good. Like don't like yeah, don't get shout it. out to them. They're they're a very <laughs> good team, but like last year's team was just like a bunch of dogs. Like we went thirty two and four. Like it was just a bunch of group of best friends who were like refused to lose. Yep. They wouldn't lose. We know that. They were just yep. so good. Like our arms, like he was our hardest star and top of like eighty eight. Most of our arms were low eighties. Like this year it's stupid. A whole different ball game. So like high expectations for this group, but obviously we have to Get one perform. game at a time. Yeah, right. potential is through the roof for this group, but so some day by day things. issues. Yeah. So your so your first game, it's not Niagara. You guys go what down no, south first? Rockingham. Niagara's our second series in Florida. So in Florida. there's a lot of there's a lot of tension. 
There was a basketball game the other night. Her Twitter beef. Niagara. <laughs> but Social Niagara. media. But Niagara. Twitter Gotta beef. stay off that yeah. shit. He just, no, it was just, I don't know. Posted the walk-off video at our coach. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude, no one knows who you are. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. And like the catcher, Hat Niagara, like these the guys there on that team last year were cool. Like of, when we got on the field against them, it was, like we want to beat each other. We want to beat the shit out of them. They want to beat the shit out of us. But we stood there after we lost. We like congratulated them on winning. Watched them get their plaque or whatever and that bullshit. But when you got your basketball coach talking shit, come on. Their basketball coach. After you just yeah. got beat by After a bunch they... of non-scholarship guys. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's where it's different. Like, we just, didn't, tough, we yeah. just did not have that social media. That social media like... aspect wasn't there, like, at all. That's People wild. like to, a lot of, what's that called? Internet thugs is what I like to call it. No People talk fingers. a lot of shit on social media, and then you get in person, they're first to congratulate you. Right. Right, those are the dudes with no girlfriends and no fucking moms, but you know, like thirty years old drinking Dr Pepper. Playing that's who you're Xbox, messing with there when you like, talk. Come on, <laughs> that's who that's who those dudes are, man. Um, okay, guys, so how's the rotation looking this year? Like, so I've met. Listen, I've met, I've met a lot of you guys, like through Dr Ahmad Packer, like who you saw for your Tommy yeah. John. I mean, I know you. I know I know Puzz, who's back here right now. Yeah. Yastrzemski, um, uh, 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 right, is there yeah. too. Um, yeah, shout out Lou Puz. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys got a nice rotation, right? I, I would say so. I mean, I think hasn't been indefinite, but I think we pretty much know. I mean, we got me and Greg on Saturdays, and we got a righty who sat 87 today. who's disgusting, transferred from Alabama, Alabama State. Alabama State, something like that. Then we got Patch. You know Patch, 86, 87. Yep. Was dominant in the regionals last year. He's lefty, right? Yeah, lefty. Yep. We got Puz, who's work just as hard as any of us mm-hmm. gonna be mid high 80s um, another kid could we have no idea he could throw 90 he could throw 95 he could throw 100 probably one of the most live arms I've ever seen in my life and we got a few other kids from Albany who are high 80s like it's gonna be it should be a really good year yeah, we've, had, we've had quite a few now like thinking about the hurt guys like just come through here and whether they're throwing Tommy John lifting, lifting like whatever and every single one of you guys like i see that 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 dog eat dog mentality like getting after it grinding like i don't give a fuck who's in here like i'm i'm going after it like yeah, the amount of times that i'm like yo packer let's only do this you're like fuck that i'm throwing out more weight i'm like all right let's do it uh, let's, let's go all the time it's different man it's yeah. different yes yeah, so you guys are one of my favorite crews like you know we have high schoolers so we want to push and get after it and like oh like you want to lift with these couple big league guys, or you want to lift with Herc? It's like you should go, you should go lift with Herc. Go like, lift with fucking Herc. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first day I met Paul. I was in here. I think I had like 450 on the squat bar, and he like walks in. I'm like drinking two bangs, like double fist, and he's like, "Who the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, like, and I was like, "Oh, what's up? Right, I'm right." He's like, "Okay, nice to meet you." <laughs> it, was, it was a good day. It was. We, we I was famous some... for drinking double bangs. In Are you here. still doing that? I'm off the caffeine. Honestly. Completely. Uh, no lie. Besides bullpen days, okay. Right. I got my dunk energy punch with a few scoops. So fucked up. A few <laughs> scoops. Yeah, as a, yeah, two. Uh, two. Did you go. You, you go cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, it's but, tough. Well, yeah. Well, he's we, scared to dry scoop. I don't dry scoop anymore. We ran into. Uh, <laughs> so, you guys probably don't know this, but uh, 
<laughs> Everyone's laughing because they all know the story. So we get back from a lift, and I'm just, oh, no, it was before a lift. And I'm like, yo, I'm fucking hungry. I take <laughs> mint pre-workout, or protein powder, protein. 25 grams down the hatch. Dry. 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 Meanwhile, we had a shake before that. That was like, from now on, no one drinks a shake yeah. alone. I'm like, <laughs> I drink one, I'm still hungry. Like 30 like minutes shakes. ago, I'm like, 30 minutes past, I'm like, pack. Let's fill it up again. Let's go. I go, he goes, you want me to dry scoop it? I was like, why? <laughs> why? He fucking does it. It's on video. He's, he's doing it. He's plugging his nose to get it down. He's and gagging. It, and it got bad. Because it was just like, I don't know if it was a coincidence, but later that night we had practice, like 8, 8, oh. 8 o'clock. And I'm sitting there warming up. I'm Denying, like, dude, well. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Not, like, I'm going to throw up. So I'm like, great, I can't throw. I'm going home. I go home, throw my bag down. I start puking. Puked all night. I wound up puking so much. I got so dehydrated. I passed out in the shower. Yep. Had to go to the hospital in an ambulance. <laughs> I remember I walked in my room from doing like, it. I, I don't know if it was the protein powder. I don't know if I got food poisoning, but I was like, obviously, I'm never dry scooping again. <laughs> I walked bad. in the room, and he's sitting on this, like, the chair and whatever, and there's a campo officer running stuff down. I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm about to get in trouble. Pac's just out on the couch, eyes closed. Four paramedics. Like, four lost 16 paramedics. pounds in a day. Oh, my God. You what? I lost 16 pounds. I got, I got under 220 <laughs> for the first time in, like, three years. I was like, nah. <laughs> I get a call at two o'clock in the morning. Ryan, I just hey, come get me. I'm done. I'm like, all right. It was bad. What did you tell the doctor? I just told him I was so, no, I just said, I was like, I don't know if it was something I ate. I just, I was like, I just got sick. I could not stop puking. Does he know you you dry scoop? I didn't tell him. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was crazy. I was like, I was getting ready to shower. I drank one sip of water and I immediately just threw up every, I could not drink anything. It would just come up immediately. And I was like, I'm sick. Like something's wrong. And I want him just passing out of the shower. And you're you're the dad of the house. Yeah. Now he is. And like they Up were until that some point. of them were sleeping. It was like midnight. I was sleeping. I heard like a bang. Yeah. I walked like, out the and there's like two kids that? sitting in the living room. I'm like, dude, you gotta call camp. They're like, why? I'm like, dude, I need help. Like, I'm sick. Yeah. I don't get sick often. We so thought it was the end of the pack show. Uh, well you're here, man. You're here. You're here. Moral of the story, don't dry scoop. Don't dry scoop. Especially protein. Protein powder. It was so try it, Paul. Try it sometime. Fuck no. Oh, wait. <laughs> Greg, I'm confused, though. So that's why you don't drink caffeine? No, no he's just afraid, afraid, of, he's afraid of the dry scoop. I don't, of it. I don't really, like, if I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to dry scoop everything. I don't creatine. It doesn't matter. I'm just going down the hatch. Fast way of the blood. <laughs> I, just, I just stopped. I'm just off of it. I'm like, I always had problems here. I would drink two bangs and dry scoop pre-workout I would get so sick on the way home but I just continued to do it for months yeah I would look at you and I'd be like you probably feel like shit after this because you literally just drank a bang and then I'd see you crack another one I'm like the amount of what times I had to like pull over on the way home <laughs> <laughs> hour 40 drive is killer after being here for four especially hours especially on 88 yeah. homie yeah construction especially when you're time. basically on meth at that point yeah <laughs> like, I mean I got like, through it squat the, <laughs> squat the most in 48 res <laughs> I mean listen you got, you got to do what you got to do to to, to be the strongest. Let the dogs eat, man. Yeah, dog eat dog world. Got it. But yeah, you'd be here for like I mean like like four hours. Like talk about the rehab process. Like okay, how early were you lifting? I mean it happens quick, right? I mean a lot of kids probably assume I'm going to be shelf for a while, yeah. but there's still I ways mean, to train. It was it was cool coming here. Like I didn't expect to like jump into things. I get here. I remember I met with like all you guys like the week before and like Pat like checked out my arm i got to take my my brace off for the first time and i was done with pat and they're like all right like, you guys were like let's fuck go i'm like what and they're like yo i might have hit the person like 315 that day 
I'm like still on like oxycodones. I'm just fucking. They're like get after it. And like I kind of realized I was like, all right, like there's no time for bullshit. Like you're here, you did it. Like you gotta just, you gotta go. Like, mm-hmm. And there's no time to wait. And I just, I love that kind of mentality. I left like a huge program, a monthly program, like everything I needed. And like every day, like I would come up here. I think Tuesdays and Thursdays and sometimes Fridays, just lift, just get out of the house. And, like, at home, like, I was lifting for, like, I was in the gym for, like, four or five hours to do my PT, to do, like, the running I had to do, the lifts, the mobility. I was, like, but I loved it. Like, I had nothing else to do. It was, like, probably, it was the worst time of my life, honestly, outside. Like, mentally, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, Mm -hmm. by far. Like, that's what people, like, the recovery is easy. Like, if you loved it and, like, you know you want to, like, get back to where you were, it's easy. Like, mentally, for the first time in my life, I was, like, whoa, like, I'm in trouble, just coming here every day, like it, it was so. It was like I look forward to it, like coming here on Tuesday. It was the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so relatable. <laughs> if you're somebody listening who has had an injury before, or like a substantial injury, like Paul is, you know, in the, mm-hmm. I would say the back end of it, but really in terms of life, in the middle of it now after his Achilles tear. Um, I tore my pack back when I was powerlifting, um, and it's like the psychological work. Is, is even harder than the physical work. You feel like that, Packard? No, 100%. Like, and, like, even, like, not even, like, talking about the workout side, like, I remember just, like, waking up in the morning, like, you take, like, the little things for granted. Like, you wake up in the morning, like, my mom couldn't take every day off, so I was still in the sling, and, like, how do you how do you make breakfast with one hand? How do you how do you scoop with one hand? Right. Couldn't, I couldn't drive. Weren't allowed to drive for, like, two months. Like, it was hard. Like, it really was, but, like, got through it. Just kept going every day. You just got to find, like, little things in your day. Like, if it was either, like, touching my elbow or my shoulder one day. Like, if it was, like, go to a lift. Like, something something little every day to, like, win every day, it gets easier because then you see larger jumps and it makes it that much better. Right. Do you feel like you got into, like, depression territory at all or no? Um, I was I would say pretty close. Yeah, my mom, well, my mom like, kind of said something to me. She was like, I noticed, like, you're not okay. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, I knew it. And, like, that's kind of... I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, that's why I went back to school. So, like, I kind of got to a good point where, like, I get started throwing again. And I was, like, there's nowhere to throw. And I was, like, dude, like, mentally, I'm so, like, I'm just out of it. Like, like everyone's at school. All my friends were gone. I had no one. Like, I was just on my own every day. I'd live for four or five hours. I'd go home and play video games all night. Like, that's all I did. There was no one else. Like, everyone was gone. And I was, like, I called Raz one night. I was, like, I, was, like, I gotta come back to school. And he's, like, what do you mean? I was, like, I just mentally, I just can't do it. And, like, there's nowhere to throw. Like, during COVID, like, the pandemic, it was so hard. And, we still have a wall up. Yeah, the wall. <laughs> the wall is still here. But he was like, dude, like, if you do what you want, like, I'd love to have you. Like, I'd love having you around. Like, come help out and do what you got to do. And that's what I did. And very glad I did that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he gets I, an A-plus for a team manager, I'm going to tell you that. All-American iPad guy. Carried <laughs> <laughs> the most equipment ever. <laughs> I was the equipment guy, PT guy from everything I learned. I'd make food. For, like, I did everything. Is that what made you want to want to study this in school? Like going through this, like you said, but and then yeah. helping guys when you got back. I just to learned. I just learned so much, and like I'm kind of like a nerd about it. Like I love to learn more. Like I, I'll always find something interesting about it. And like every time a pitcher was like sore hurt, Raz was like, "Yo, pack, take him." Like every time, like he would just send everyone to me because like I just learned so much, and like I just like kind of fell in love with it. Cause like there's always something you can do. Like if it's like a mobility thing, there's always something more you can do, something else you can work on. And like mm-hmm. I don't know, just. It's like never ending. It's cool. Yeah, that's that's the best part. Like whatever your career is, like being a lifelong learner. Like, like I wish I could do you know ten different things at once. There's not enough time in the day, but it's yeah. like 
to be able to continuously like learn and be around people and, and, and make improvements and read new this or, or try you know this new thing Paul it's like yeah I mean even just you know going off of what Packard said like all the stuff that I've learned through my PT process and I go you know I go to Tommy mm-hmm. you know from uh, Pat's PT and everything but like all the stuff that I've learned in this process has allowed me to one expand what we now call our trainable menu for people so like being able to like okay somebody's got a torn ACL all right you can still lift like a savage on your left side or your right side or your other side do a bunch of fucking arm stuff but the more you do the better you're going to feel and the faster you're going to come back like I'm what like what's today the the 12th so I'm literally almost exactly four months post post injury not even four months post surgery but like I'm back to you know I'm squatting 275 I could squat more than that but I'm trying to be smart about it and work my way up slowly listen to my PT but you know squatting you know decent amount of weight deadlifting a decent amount of weight and everything like that everything comes back faster to you when you when you're doing that and then again it's allowed me to help kids on the mental aspect of it like that's the thing that I've gotten out of it more than anything is like how can I help a kid that's going through the injury or a college student going through an injury or even an adult going through it like how can I help them with the mental aspect of this because that's the that is the hardest part like it was, it was so tough yeah like, you talked about not driving right yeah that yeah. was like, that's the hardest part if you need something like you want to go somewhere you can't I couldn't like, mentally it was so hard like I did not expect any surgery I was like this is gonna be awful I can't lift like like mental, I never. I was always a kid to like. I was like the happiest kid. I'd always make everyone laugh. Like I was always a kid. Like if something, if I was didn't talk, like you knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And like I got to that point, and that's when mom said something, and I was like, "Mom's oh. no, my mom, mom yeah. mom's no, man, yeah. mom's no." Shout out, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man, that's true. Um, okay, so something else that we we talked about a couple podcasts ago with with Rob Paul with kids playing multiple sports. Let's yeah. not talk about playing football. Yeah. Let's go down the list. Greg, what did you play growing up? Uh, I mean, I play, like, rec basketball, but okay. everything I've done my whole life is baseball. It's been baseball. Pat? I played uh, football. I played high school soccer, football. Played played lacrosse, baseball, basketball. Played it all. Right. Pack. I picture you as, like, Evan McPherson from the Bengals walking out there and being, like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Dude, Just kicking the game winner. Funny story. They call me Reliable Ryan in my hometown. That was a real thing. I had a game winner against the number one team in the state to win 10-7 my senior year. It surprises me zero. It surprises me not at all. Dude, I was, I was Ice a problem. Water. My right foot was a problem. Ice in the veins. Yeah, I just fear God. Ty, what about you? I was basketball. I was like on and off, like basketball, baseball, hockey, football, like yep. kind of all over the place. Hockey and baseball were Probably my two big ones, though. So. I see you as a hockey guy. Yeah. 100% see you as a hockey guy. Yeah. I was a little scrappy winger. Just put the puck in when I had to. I feel, I feel like you'd be fucking people up on the on Oh, this. yeah. <laughs> I, I actually hurt someone, and I was scared to hit after that. Okay. Like, I put someone in a wheelchair, and it was really bad. That, that, that can yeah, definitely kinda, give you a... It kind of screwed me up a little bit. I was like, you know what? Like, that's, that kind of sure, sucks. Pretty sure Duda's a big hockey guy, too. He is. I can see Duda on the skates, man. Shout out, yeah. shout out Duda. He's shout out Duda. Duda the, Absolute beast. Academy boy. Yeah, dude, we got Duda and Luke Puzz in the, in the, in the audience. This is, our first, this is our first audience for the podcast, man. <laughs> Put a little pressure on my ear. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. A lot of firsts over here, huh? Yeah, a man. lot, man. Um, Okay, so you were rec basketball just like a little bit, but other than that, yeah, baseball. Baseball. But what was your year like with baseball? Like you play high school baseball, you play travel baseball. High school, travel, fall, all of it. Fall. 
pitching the whole time? Nah, I played I played first when like in high school and stuff and like I took hitting more like honestly when I was younger I took hitting more serious than pitching. Right. It's like I like hitting bombs or whatever and like and then as I got older and older and guys were beating me more and it was like and I started pitching like I realized I had the talent to pitch. Like I had the arm too. It just wasn't where it needed to be. Right. Right. So, so then I mean, you started when did to you focus start pitching? When? Yeah. Uh when I first started playing baseball. Like when did you really start taking pitching more seriously though? Uh, like when did that switch flip from like okay I'm gonna hit fucking bombs so I'm gonna throw gas probably Herkimer honestly <laughs> so so you Last were still so it still was up until like you were in college like you were still like after my you freshman you weren't a PO in high school my I wasn't no not in high school my freshman fall at Herc Raz was like you're just gonna pitch for us and I was like the hell does that mean and then like I had like I could see myself doing it I was like alright and then like I had bad outings I wasn't as good or whatever and they like kinda I was like, man, I don't really want to do this anymore. It's not fun. And then Raz told me, he was like, listen, you're going to either come back and dominate or you're just going to do nothing. And that's when I took that year and I was like, all right, let's just focus on pitching. Let's get where I need to be or whatever. And then once I got back in the winter or the spring, whatever, I took it more serious. And I was like, I need to do this the rest of my life. Nice. So you went from a pitcher only to a flamethrower only is essentially <laughs> what happened. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took that turn from Packer because... I'll never forget the day you, you texted Dan. <laughs> quit his job. You, he goes, I, Dan, I quit my job. I'm a full-time flamethrower. <laughs> that's real, right? That's real. Oh, that's 100%. Real. That's, that's real talk. Yeah, right we were in Oneana throwing a bullpen, and he didn't hit the veto he wanted. He goes, fuck this. I'm quitting my job. He's like, he's, he's like I'm texting Dan right now. Text him, shows him. He goes, it's done. He's like, quit. Here, there's, it's, you can't just say quit my job. Okay, my job, I was pretty much a logger. So, like, you wake up. I was up at, like, 6.30, and, like, I logged for, like, 10 hours. It was, like landscaping but like i were it was heavy. like picking up rocks and bowls you don't think it's tired but doing that for eight to ten hours you were dead by yeah. the time you get home so then i had to lift and i had to do pt and throw i was just like so exhausted and i was like nah, <laughs> like, I, didn't, I, didn't, nah. I didn't do this for 10 months to throw 85 like right. let's yeah. go like, yeah so i was it was just the best option you bet me. on yourself exactly. like you know right. sometimes that's what you you know that's the best route to go Right. Like, Greg, what would you tell a high schooler who's putting all their eggs? Like, they're like, I'm not going to hit. I'm not going to play position. I'm just going to pitch. What would I say to them? Yeah. Like, do it, don't do it. I mean, it depends. Pitching is, uh, it takes a lot of work. Like, it's the process of pitching is mundane. It's like, I wake up, I do the same thing every day. Mobil soft tissue work, mobility. I do. I take about 45 minutes to even pick up a like a baseball, and it's like certain days like I'll get up and I'm like I don't want to do this. This is boring. And then I get my day going. And I start throwing. and I'm like, well, I do throw decently hard. And like I have a shot. So it's like, if you're in the middle, I don't know. You got to find what you like better. Like I liked hitting. I still I hit last summer, just for the fun of it. And like I ended up hitting six homers. I hit 350, like just for fun. And I'm like, okay. And then I scumbag. It's scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> picks up a bat and he hits six homers. Scumbag. Hitting's easy. Like hitting. No, it is not. Yeah, it's easy. It's not. <laughs> Do you see how hard he throws? How is that easy? Listen, people. As L a pitcher. Let me ask you. As a pitcher, hitting Pat, is the easy. The last time you Be picked up a bat, the T fell on the ground four times in a row on four. Do you remember my first? Swings. Do you remember my first? I I did have an at bat this uh, fall. You know, I was off a machine throwing like eighty-seven. 
And uh, my hitting coach, my head coach was not watching because I would have been running suicides. <laughs> our, hitting, our hitting coach, it was like one, two, and he goes, he was like treating me like a hitter. He's like, put it into play, figure it out. Hit a double <laughs> off the wall. Oh, easy. <laughs> people just think too much. Dude, just bat the ball. Like, be an athlete. And people are like, oh, it's my hips, it's a tennis ball. It's like, dude, come on, hit the ball. <laughs> you know that? I Couldn't needed, be me. I needed that in my life. Couldn't be me. Oh, man. <laughs> You're a catcher. It's different. No. Yeah. Listen, name, name, name how many good catchers in Major the League The thing Baseball is, though, like, I'm so used to being a good hitter. How many? Because, like, in high school, like, I was such a good hitter. And then, like, college came around, and last year was the most I've ever struggled with a bat in my hand. So how, ever. how was that mental battle going from, like... Oh, it was awful. You know, because you went to Saugerties, right? Yeah. Smaller school going to, like, now you're going to JUCO, and you're, and you're struggling. Like, how did that... How'd that help affect you mentally? I mean, it was more so like the not playing every day. Like I was behind an All-American, all like player, region player of the year. Like mm-hmm. you know, Yuzuki, love him. He's like you know he was way better. Like I was just clearly not fit for the job. And now I'm okay with that. You know, like I'll you know I just didn't do my thing. But you know I think that it was a I like I think I learned a lot more. Like I learned how to you know deal with it. Like you know deal with failure. Like more than success like I think this year like last year has trained me more so that this year will be a little better for me like with confidence with you know having a, a better approach like you know you, you know what the expectation is and you just kind of have to meet the expectation at this point yeah I mean it, it sounds like you know battling through that adversity you know you'll know how to deal oh, with sucks. deal when you you'll be able to get out of that that hole faster like you may get into a hole, but you'll be get out of it faster now because of what you went through last my year. My first sixty at bats in the PGCBL, or my first fifty something at bats, I was batting up under a, a hundred. Yeah, I it remember. It was awful, and I, I finished two fifty six. Like I mean, hitting is so streaky, and it's so like, the one day I started hitting, I didn't give a flying fuck. I showed up to the field, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try to hit ground balls my first round. Did it, and then the next round, I started hitting the ball well, and I'm like, all right. Maybe I'll actually hit the ball today. Yeah. I think I think part of athletics is like knowing when to really give a fuck and when to not really give a fuck. Does that make sense? I think that's the difference between a lot of people. Explain. Like, so like people people are like say gamers, you got a game like oh I can turn it on. But like the difference between like division 1, division 2, division 3 athletes Kids who are Division One athletes or just like high level athletes, they can turn it on whenever. Like, oh, I gotta go to the gym. Like, you gotta turn it on. Like, oh, you gotta like, you can always flip that switch when you need to, not just when you're playing. Like at practice, you gotta take practice and warm up just as you would if you were going to start in a regional game. Right. Like, you just gotta flip that switch. And I think that's a difference in a lot of people. They just like, oh, I gotta stretch. I go, oh, I gotta just going through the motions. But like the guys who like take that serious, take everything serious, are like, it's the difference. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I went through some adversity catching the other day. Oh Mike, my. That, Mike, I'm not going to lie. We yeah. might need to do work on your framing after this. You think so? At least he tried. He tried to frame it, though. He did try. A, he, had a, he had good, like, textbook, you know, it looked pretty good. <laughs> he's got to catch the ball. And first. then all of a sudden, the ball just went behind him. And I was like, oh. Shout out, Garrison. Yeah, so the other day, we got a kid in here on, on, on the Mets, and he has a, his first, like, real pen before spring training. And we didn't have a catcher for him, so, like, middle of the day, college kids are at school, all the high schools are in school. I'm like, well, I'm not going to make this guy throw into the net. Like, I'm going to fucking gear up right now. 
And all of a sudden, sec- <laughs> second pitch is like 91. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> Mike, I'm not going to lie. They come in fast, don't they? Oh, my, 82 dude, are coming fast. Dude, I know. You're telling me, dude. I know. Oh. And these guys just keep trying to throw harder every pen. I'm like, bro, like, stop. It was scary. So like, stop. I, it's scary. So then I told myself, let me just work on some framing. And it was all downhill from there. Ty. The worst part is when they don't know where it's going. So he's throwing. They're like, oh, let me try this grip. All right, yeah, here's a spike change up in the dirt. I oh. just picked up yeah, four so... miles an hour and hits off my wrist. So Thank you. So he's throwing 90, 90, 91, 91. And I'm like, just give me the off speed now. I can't handle this anymore. He throws his first curveball. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. And I turn to the side. And, like it's just, like, and, it's just, and it just nails me right in like the oblique. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so yeah, Ty, catching is a uh, man. It's tough. We get shit on a lot, and you don't what? realize just how hard it is sometimes. It's, yeah, it's not an easy task. I I, I won't get by. I said the other day, uh, Mike. Somebody asked me if I was ever going to get behind the plate. I was like, yeah, for one of our twelve-year-olds, I'll get behind the plate. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was quite the experience. I'll do it again though, Ty. I got to work on it. All right, sounds good. We got this one for you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Give no. me like two more weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not even like I don't even want to know. Like I play catch with him every day, and like this kid like has no feel. We'll be warming up. I'm not like we do, we throw plyo balls. First time he gets a baseball, you see him go as fast as he can. And I'm just like, Holy. and then he like goes back in this huge like motion, like and then he just throws it. He, like, he like stands 85. T- 20 feet away from me, and I'm like, oh, We're warming fuck, up. I don't know where this, just, how hard this is going to pack. It's like, easy. I'm like, I'll try. Dude, like, it's I let scary. It, I just throw the ball I and back as out. fast as possible. Like, dude, playing catch, he has no feel. He just throws 85 plus from the kick out. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we're 20 feet away. <laughs> My hand inclination is up there. It's now. Gotta, you, you ever think about dry scooping it? Maybe it would help. <laughs> we'll have to get on that. <laughs> help that focus, you know? Yeah. Mike, I think a big thing, though, is, like, you know, all these guys throw differently, too. Like, some of them throw really hard, and it's really light. Some of them throw, like, they're throwing a 50-pound barbell at, like, a kettlebell at you. It's like, oh, okay. That was a kettlebell that I just caught. Like, Like, you know, it's one of the the more impressive things – things I've seen other than Packard like putting down two bangs in 30 minutes 30 minutes that's that's a stretch it might be 15 the days when I was going for PR it was like yeah it was crazy but but Ty was the day when we were just like testing out the Rapsodo here and you and you would you would guess the velo I was dead on dead on every single time I got my IDAR man I call it the IDAR so so essentially we don't need a radar gun we need a tie gun I mean, sometimes I'm off. A tight arm. I'm off sometimes. When I'm catching it, it's a lot easier. When I'm, like, watching it, like, hitting, it seems a lot harder than it always is. It's hard to tell, though, because, like, 90, 90 out of my hand compared to 90 out of his hand looks completely so different. different. Like, so hand, different. Like, if you were watching from the side and Greg threw 90, it would look like 85. But if I threw 90, or, it like, if like Cuz threw 90, it would be like, holy like, shit. Because he's just so big and it looks so effortless. Because he just—that's what it is. He just glides, and it's just, it just looks different. But like when you step in, you're like, holy shit. right. I think it's a hitter too. It's ridiculous. Like you know, a guy with higher spin rate, like that thing's that thing's coming in. Like it might not look hard, like from the side, but like guy, like different balls play differently. Like 87 that spins and goes down, like that's almost easier than facing a guy that's throwing 91 with a flat ball. You know what I mean? 
and like seeing 6'6", 245 with 30 inch quads on the mound <laughs> with his Oakley glasses that are lime green, like looking at you, like with his nose covered, like, dude, like, buckle up. Like, it's it's, com- it's get, coming. Yeah. Get ready to fucking go. Yeah. This is why I love baseball. It's so unique. Like, you can have so many different body types. Like, just look at pitchers that are so good. Like, it's, you crazy like right you got like randy johnson and then you got like pedro or you got like Lincecum, and you got like fucking bartolo cologne right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like chapman chap benches like 315 for right. reps and throws 105 right yeah right. then you got the greg maddox of the world who's like the stay-at-home dad but he'll fucking pinpoint 87 miles he an used hour to throw anyway. gas though you knew that right he used yeah, to throw what 92 yeah Back then, that was cheese. That was right. cheese. That's, yeah, back know. then, that's like a hundred now. Yeah, ninety-two still plays in today's game. Though, right, but you better have three pitches to go off. Yeah, yeah. Right. Greg Maddox is going to tell you, "I'm going to throw it over the outside corner, and you're still not going to hit it." Right, he's going to tell you, and that's where he's going to throw it over the outside corner. He'll throw it exactly where he said, and that that was that's like the big thing I feel like too now with all this velo stuff is like you lose a lot of those crafty guys, yeah. those guys that you know they may only throw eighty-seven, eighty-eight, ninety. But they got the filthiest fucking changeup or the filthiest slider or curveball, and they can get you out on those pitches. And they just use their fastball to kind of set those things up. And I feel like that gets lost a little bit, especially when you're talking the higher levels, like the Division yeah. One levels. Like they're not looking at a guy throwing 87, even no. though he's getting everybody out. Crafty guys are like, it's I not, mean, it's not a thing. Anymore. Like velo matters. Like you're 95 not is the new 90. Like there's kids in like the 2024 class who're like sitting 90-91. Kids touching a hundred in high school. It's like. How, how did back in the 1990s kids were like 85, and kids are now throwing 100 miles an hour? Like what is what's changed? I think science has science changed. Has That's how crazy. I mean, it, this stuff short right here, this stuff right here, is it's crazy. It's game changing. It's crazy. Right. Like I think I think you have to take just the knowledge of like biomechanics and then the science to be able to look at video and look at spin rate, and then you have strength training and how much how far that has become, and then you have specific movement patterns and how to train that. Just like the science and the technology is and it obviously takes work ethic underneath all that like you can fucking measure the velocity on the bar and look at your mechanics and do this but like if you don't work hard eat a lot of food and lift some weights like that shit doesn't matter right but like the movement pattern is probably and like the way your body moves is by far the most important like i could probably lift with any mlb player there is like any doesn't matter what lift but they're gonna throw the ball six miles per hour harder than me just by the way their body my body does not move like Walker Bueller does like his body's just so smooth and it's just 95 96 like right like, but he's not he's not that big but he's strong in the right areas right. so like it, it's just there's so many things that go into it well yeah and it, that goes back to just movement quality overall like you know yeah you can go fucking squat 315 but how's your how's your like movement pattern you know is your movement quality good because then once you get the movement quality everything else comes in mm-hmm. comes into place like it all falls into place and that's something that you know being 31 and whatnot like you you know i learned it later on unfortunately but you know you learn that and then you pass that on to other people and hopefully they can learn that younger and you know i can give them that shortcut mm-hmm. you know let's let's not go through the same mistakes that i made in my weight training or mike made with his or whatever you know let's let's cut this here so that that way you can improve your movement quality and like that's something i really stress with like especially the younger kids you know they come in here they might see you squatting 600 pounds and they're like oh i want to fucking do that and i'm like yeah we'll get there don't worry like movement quality first like let's let's worry about like moving this fast and moving this well before we you know add on 100 more pounds you guys definitely taught me that a lot like i remember the first time i reversed lunge in here i could only reverse lunge like 135 and they were like 
how. Like, it just doesn't translate. And, like, now, like, you just taught me, like, the movement, like, quality. And, like, it just, it helped so much. It changed my life. Yeah, I think high schoolers missed that. And it's just, like, the old school, like, football lifting. Like, we're going to yep. bench heavy yeah. and we're going to squat bench heavy. Bench squat, deadlift. Deadlift heavy, <laughs> which is, like, good, right? Like, it's nice yeah. to do that. And it's going to have some, like, you know, carry over to your sport. But, like, sport happens on one leg. Like, okay, you could, you could, you could deadlift 450, but, like, you can't reverse lunge 135. We got an issue here. <laughs> it gets to a point where you're too strong. Agree. Honestly. Ex- explain that because I do agree. This guy, Pack, is one of those guys. Like, okay. Packard has the strength and the size to throw hard. And, like, he, he talks to me every day. He's like, what the fuck? And like, when he's throwing, he's like, like, 600 pound squat he can deadlift a fuck ton i don't know and it's like i'm nowhere near those numbers but like we were saying the movement like you take a guy like chris sale who's 185 pounds he's six six he'd been up to 100 before like when he was younger i think people try to train like you can train the squat bench deadlift and then you you to get those strength measures like to get that like those lifts under your belt but like when when you got to train as an athlete different like when you train like a bodybuilder it doesn't translate you're gonna mo- you're gonna move like a bodybuilder if you right. train like a i would love to know the difference like say take me for an example does a 405 pound squat compared to a 600 pound squat like what is the difference in my athletic like where does that play on the field like, i think what i don't know if there's a difference that's i don't there may not be for you that's a decision when we right. were, when we talk programming for kids and we're having meetings or we're saying what's this kid's next program we have to weigh the risk and the rewards. So if we increase the load, does the risk of injury significantly increase? If not, then we can't increase the load. And then what is your like genetic predisposition? Mm-hmm. Like, so when you're talking about strength training, you have this spectrum, right? You have on this right side, you have like maximal strength. This is your one RM, your fucking grind out, deadlift and squat. Then you have your maximal speed. This is your 10 yard dash, your 30 yard dash. This is how fast you can move your body. Now, some people are, pre- are like, you know, genetically going to be more on this max, like, strength end. They're going to be better at lifting really heavy loads. And some guys are going to be way faster. They're going to be better at, at doing their sprints. So it's like we got to figure out when we're training somebody, what are they already really good at, whether it's because of how they are genetically or because of how they've been training. Maybe this athlete, let's just take you, for example, that maybe you've only been, I know it's not the case, but let's just pretend you've only been training like a power lifter, moving really heavy loads really slow, but you haven't been throwing medicine balls or sprinting or doing plyometrics. You've kind of tapped yourself out over here. Mm -hmm. So if you've tapped yourself out here, like taking your 500 squat and training you to go 600, like not gonna move the dial in your performance. That can be like really like mentally frustrating. But you have to you have to learn. Yeah. And like it's, for example, you say like both sides. Like I I'm I'm pretty fast for yeah. PI. I mean I run like six five. Correct. Like, and like it's been so frustrating because I couldn't find. I was struggling to translate it to the field. Right. Like I'm I'm really close to like figuring it out. And like I just feel like once I do, I'm gonna see a jump. And and you and Greg are also pitchers, man. It's the most unique thing in sports. You're taking your arm overhead. You're rotating. Yeah. You're 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 moving in all three planes of motion. It's like very unique. So then you have what we just talked about with strength training, and then you just have the mechanics of throwing. So now it's like, how does my body move? What's my mobility overhead? What's my ability to rotate my hips and my shoulders? And then how can I separate them? And how fast can I move? It's like there's so many variables. That's one of the hardest things. Like, like really, like, getting into, like, separating your hips and your shoulders can be really tough. Yeah. It really can. Well, I'm sure for you, being somebody that 
football lifted and didn't really focus oh, yeah. on the mobility side of things. It's, you know, you're, you know, kind of trying to correct things that have, that you've compounded because you made me, you weren't as mobile before. And now because of all the heavy lifting you did, you restrict your mobility more. So now, you, you know, obviously you've worked a lot yeah. since then, since Tommy John. So you've come a long way, but like, you're still trying to find that, you know, work yourself out of that, like tight, tightness. I've, I've always been so tight. Like for the first time, two weeks ago, I touched my toes standing up. And it was like the coolest thing. I would rather- Congrats. Shout out Ryan today. Packard. <laughs> I was like so happy. And they're like, did you touch your toes? I was like, you have no idea. I've been trying to do this since I was like 12. And I finally did it. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the benefits of starting strength training younger mm -hmm. is just, and it doesn't mean you're loading things heavy, but it means just like learning good movement patterns, like throwing, moving things fast, like putting yourself under some load, like to be able to be more balanced in terms of your body. And obviously you're gonna be better at one thing or the other, just as you get older, it's like you're now just, you know, you're doing things on this whole end of the spectrum. And playing different sports gives you that as well. Like you playing in a soccer game or a football game is gonna give you a different stimulus than playing in a baseball game. Well, and like the explosiveness you're gonna get from other sports may, you know, usually will help translate over to, you know, whether it's you're a pitcher or whatever. Like if you're playing, you know, basketball or football or soccer, there's a lot, like you said, different movement patterns, different explosiveness that you have to have. So when you're doing those and then you go play baseball and like, Let's say, for instance, you know, cutting left and right, you know, like when we do fucking like hide-ins in here and yeah. whatnot, like that's loading up the hip. That's getting power from the hip. So like that should translate over to you as a pitcher as in some way. And then it's a matter of like, okay, now mechanics, separation, all that kind of stuff. How do I translate that into the same hip movement that I'm doing in football, basketball, soccer, whatever it is, yeah, change of direction. But you're a learner, Pac. Like you were just in Florida learning. I yeah. was, yeah. It was probably one of the best experiences ever. It's like a different style of training down there. Like yeah. I never once loaded up a bar. Like, it was like, not something I've never done before. It was a lot of like water ball, like, like the little workouts that everyone hates to do and will skip. It was like all those things and like just rotational stuff. And I was just like, just right. opened up a whole new world to like training. Yeah, yeah. That's for baseball so unique. Just the rotation yeah. and being able. I think I think we've learned that more over over the past handful of yeah. years. It's just that like we got to make sure you're rotating efficiently, or that your body can do it first. Like, right. can your hip actually rotate? Can your hip rotate? Can your shoulder actually go overhead and rotate? If not, we got to do mobility. We got to make sure your joints can do it. Okay, now they can. Can you actively do it? Like, can you control your rotation? Okay, now you can. Like, now can you do it quickly? And then now can you translate it to the? It's, it's a lot, man. Yeah. Fuck, I'm glad I'm not a pitcher. I'm a catcher, Ty. I'm happy I'm a catcher. Yeah, man, I mean, hitting and pitching are kind of similar, though, if we're being honest. For sure. Like, like the like, movements are very similar. I mean, they throw the wall really hard. We just try to hit it. But, but the, ro the rotation, <laughs> rotation is, is very similar. Like, the lower half is very similar. Like, if you look at it, like, it's, like, side by side. It's similar movements, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, a lot of the stuff we do, in, like, you would do in here with a pitcher or even a hitter. Like, it would be right around the same. Like, it helps a lot, like, with our, you know, hitting mechanically, like, working on things. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like, I just did this the other day when I was doing, like, like, you just said a hiatus. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I just loaded my hip. Like, oh, mm -hmm. it's the same thing in my swing right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's so many different things that translate from your your gym to, you know, your hitting session. Right. Well, for sure. And the amount of times we're having somebody do a scoop toss or a shot put, that's not a pitcher. And I go, are you right-handed or left-handed? And they're doing the right side. I'm right-handed. I'm like, all right, now act like you're hitting right. with your legs. Like, act like you're hitting. And then the difference in how much velocity they get on that ball is like, yeah. it's like, like, you feel the difference there? I'm like, yeah, that's what you need to do every time. 
harder every time. Like, and that's, you know, coming back to what we were talking about, the difference in training is like, okay, yeah, you may be able to lift 600 pounds, but how fast can you move 315, right? right? right. How fast can you move 405? You know, if you can squat 600 pounds, how fast can you move those other weights that are, that are sub-maximal? You know, because the only way you're gonna get faster is if you move shit fast. You know, that's the only way that's gonna happen. You know, just like the only way you're gonna get stronger is if you, you know, if you lift things it's that heavier. are, lift things heavier, you know, over, over the course of time. You know, so the same thing applies to speed and, and agility is like, you gotta move things faster and do things with intent. Like that's the biggest thing like you talked about before. Like don't just go through the motions with those aqua ball things or um, a, as simple as like a, a side plank. Like don't just sit there in a side plank and just like hold the position. Like really get everything activated, right. Right. you know? The hip abductor one, the side plank where you put your, oh, what's that called? Uh, the like, side plank clamshells? <laughs> <side plank, laughs> you gotta like put like your leg up on the bench oh, and the other no. one underneath. Oh, adduction oh. side planks? Copenhagen planks. Yeah. Those are, those suck. Those fucking those. suck. Shout out Copenhagen Planks. Those are brutal. Those make me like rethink <laughs> yeah. a lot of things. Fuck you, Tommy G, for making me do those in PT. <laughs> <laughs> but no, people overcomplicate things. And like, whether it's because of the internet or because of social media, we shit on social media all the time. I'm on it every day. But I'm on it every day, too. It's tough, have man. To be. But one of the first things I learned in college in our like strength conditioning class was this, this principle called specific, the said principle. Yep. Specific adaptations to impose demands. Whatever you place on your body, like those are the adaptations you're gonna get. And you're like, huh? you gotta always keep that in mind. Like if you throw med balls fast, rotate fast, your body's gonna learn to rotate fast. If you lift heavy weight slow, your body's gonna learn to lift heavy weight slow. That's what it's gonna get better at. It's the most simple thing, but it's forgotten about. You're trying to overcomplicate all this stuff, and it's like, what do I wanna mm -hmm. get better at? Uh, let's train that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's train my body to do that. I don't need to. There's a time and a place for a fancy breathing drill or a mobility. Drill. It's like, let's train. Let's train what I want to work on. It gets, it gets overlooked, and it, it's the it simplest does thing. A lot, and like, I don't know about like Packard. Like for you, from like with me going through this rehab process and everything. Like that's something that I find myself. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get under 275. I know I can squat way fucking more than that. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna move this shit as fast as I can. I'm only doing five reps or eight reps or whatever. I'm gonna move it as fast as I can. Do you feel like? going through that Tommy John experience kind of like switched your mentality on like weight training. Obviously it did with the mobility stuff, but like yeah. as far as like how to move the weights, quality of weight movement, yeah, all that for kind sure. Of stuff. Like especially like when for a while like, you can't really like grip things. So like there's a lot of things I had to do light. So it was just like and you guys always say like emphasize like move it as fast as you can. If it was two twenty five on the deadlift bar, move it as fast as possible. And you guys would just watch me. And like if I like had my like chin up or something, you'd be like put your chin up. Like Something like that, and mm -hmm. like I just learned, like it matters a lot more than just loading the bar up. Right, right. Well, there's always something to work on. Like, okay, Greg, what is your biggest focus right now with your mechanics? Like, where's your brain at? What are you working on? You ever hear of this thing called the drift going down the mound? It's where you move your torso. Like, yeah, it's hard to explain. You, Drag when you get to peak leg lift, you want to have like moved your mass from your back leg down the mound further, so you have more momentum going down the mountain and getting in that hinge to rotate more and that'll I mean honestly the drift will like if you learn that like it took me three months to learn it which is not the longest time but it's hard to teach other guys and like when I learned that movement I figured it out like that will give you three miles per hour so easily like, so like transitioning your weight sooner towards yeah towards moving the my weight down the mound instead of staying back over my back hip and like getting my arm on time at foot strike like people have like laid arms here like or here 
Like that lead, that leads to arm injuries when you're throwing from here, like because then you're leading your elbow first and all that other stuff. Like when you get your arm flipped up and within like 90 degrees roughly, not you're not gonna be perfect. Like I've been focused on getting that close to 90. I still struggle with it a little bit. Like I know it's something I need to work on, which I've been focused on with plyos, just dry work, playing catch. Like when I get the foot down, I want to be ready to go. And if my arm's not on time, it ain't, I'm not gonna be ready to go. Right. Right. That makes sense. Like, always something to work on, man. Like, where are you at right now, Pac? Like, what are the biggest things you're working on? Honestly, it's, like, my rotate, my hip to shoulder, like, separation is, like, bad. Like, everything else is pretty good. Like, my drift is pretty good. Getting down the mound, I get in really good positions, but I'm having trouble, like, snapping my leg and sending all my momentum back up to my body before I release. And I'm a, I release the ball way too early. Right. So, like, that's one big thing I've been trying to work on recently. Like, what do you mean sending force back up through your body? So, when you when you rotate properly your front leg is pretty much gonna lock out or be straight just by like the way your hips rotate. And I rotate my hips too late. So by the time I'm out here and releasing the ball, right. I'm like like still driving force into the ground instead of coming back up and coming out. Right. You ever see a roll this Chapman throw? Yeah. You ever notice how his front leg's bent in like yeah. that? Or Ian Anderson like that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's from so ground force. You send force from your back leg up your body to your arm and when you rotate in that front side and you lock it out part like lead leg lock that's what it's called and you throw over top when you learn that. that it sends it back up through here and goes back to your arm and it you you get that pull down effect like everybody's like pull it down they don't really care they just try to throw it as hard as they can right but if your your body's not synced up your body's not in time you're not throwing harder so you're saying like you got to be thinking about your lower half you got to be thinking about force down into yeah. the ground if if your lower half it starts from the ground if your lower half's not clean or like good, like it doesn't have to be perfect, but if it's not like where it needs to be, you won't you won't be a high level thrower. Right. The ground, like people don't realize that like the mound, using that ground is, will give you velocity. Right. Like when you learn how to use force and like, where you need to be in time and space and learn how your body moves, it's the velocity just keeps climbing. It's endless. Well, right. I think that's any sport when you think about it. Like. And that's, it's funny that you say it starts from the ground because anytime we get a new kid in here or whatever, we start foam rolling, what do we start with? Feet. Feet. Arches of your feet. And the first thing I say to them, I'm like, where, where does everything in your sport start? Like, from your feet, from the ground up. Like, whether you play football, unless you're a swimmer, you know, like, yeah. but anything that's like, a, like where you're literally physically on the ground, like, everything starts from the ground up, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, it doesn't matter. It all starts from the ground up. If you're not stable, there, powerful from there, right. it's it, then there's going to be a chain reaction up the rest of your body. Well, think about our cues. You're cueing a reverse lunge or a deadlift. Like, what external cue are you giving? Drive through the ground. Push you to ground. Right. <laughs> Push you to ground. Like, yeah, it starts in the weight room. And yeah. then being able, to, being able to translate that. Like, that's for sure, man. You guys lifting right now? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, don't sure. ever – I think when coaches – tell kids like just to touch on it like don't lift in season you're gonna get tired you lose gains right you'll lose velocity your mobility will go away because when you're in season you're only like as a pitcher when my day to throw i'm using this side of my body more like the upper half wise like i'm still using my legs both of them obviously but i'm doing so many i'm using this side of my body so much in the game 80 plus pitches i think that like you need i need to be lifting i need to do mobility i need to reset my body after a start because if like if I after a start I go home I don't do shit the rest of the week or whatever, uh, it's just I'm gonna slowly decline I'm gonna get hurt. So mm. your mindset changes reset my body. That's what you're thinking. Like I threw today I threw live today tomorrow I'm literally I don't I won't pick up a ball I'll literally just 
try to loosen up my body again. Right. Like try to get my body back to day one. Right. Literally, just reset my body, get it ready for my next appearance. Yep. Well, and that's it's funny you say that too, because you know I'll talk to sometimes parents or even kids. And I'm like, how long's it, how long's the major league baseball season? Nine months. You telling me John Carlos Stanton stays that big, not lifting weights? All, uh, nine months, to. like Aaron Judge, right. all these guys in the Major League Baseball, like they're not lifting for nine months out of the year. Like, no, they are. <clears throat> it's just how are they lifting? Right. What are they doing? It, you obviously got to be smart. I mean, right. You can't go PR every single day. Like, you just got to find the right program. Coming from a guy that all only wanted a PR before, so that's you know, he, progress. He, Paul, progress. <laughs> he does it. it was just – it was. Man. I was just I'm getting stronger. I just continued to – I don't know if I ever had to drop weight. Dan be like, you're going to like not. Pounds, two and a half. <laughs> Listen, Paul, he doesn't dry scoop anymore. That's true. That's true. You have days where like you're li- you're throwing and lifting are both in, like intense days. Like my schedule, like I have my everything made for me or whatever. I get it sent month by month. Like I'm in different phases, like eccentric phase, all that stuff. And like my throwing days are my most intense lifting days as well, because that way my like my CNS from throwing is already shot right and then i'm gonna go lift and it's, i'm just gonna kill it more the day after plays a big part like if i'm going out there monday tuesday wednesday like the whole week trying to pick up heavy shit like i'm not going to be able to perform well yeah so cns is central nervous system so and we'll and we'll program more advanced people like this it's called like a high low model and his first this sprint coach this olympic sprint coach charlie francis first came up with it he'd only have his sprinters run above 95 percent or below 70 percent he would say in the middle is taking away from their recovery. So Grace talking about was you're putting all your big stressors on the same day. So you're taxing your body, right? Right. Yeah. And on the other days, you're making sure it's recovering from those really high stress days. Right. I think that's important. I think that people miss that as you get more trained. When you're younger and you're weak and you're new to training and you don't throw hard, sure, do some shit every day. But when you get stronger and you throw harder and now it's more accumulated stress on your body, like the value you got to place on recovery becomes way, way more important. And just as you get older. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, that, that's something I stress anyway, if you don't recover from workout to workout, slowly but surely your workouts are going to get worse. Right. Like, whether it's, you know, habits to you quickly or not, but like over the course of time, you're going to be like, why am I not getting stronger? Why am I not doing that? Well, you're not, you, you're not getting eight to 10 hours of sleep. You're not doing the mobility. You're not doing the little shit in between your workouts and between your lifts and you know all the stuff that we put in there the rotator cuff work all that stuff you're not doing that you're just like all right i'm gonna go hard as fuck every single time like your body's gonna break down like it's just the way science works unfortunately you know i wish we could just throw 500 pounds on the squat but i wish i could deadlift 500 pounds every single day like i wish that, I, could, I wish i could have six protein shakes in a day i don't want to end up in the hospital this, you know? <laughs> this kid eats and drinks more than anyone i've ever met like, oh, look at the guy. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I feel like in, I don't even know, when did you start coming here? Uh, when was the first day? August? 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 It was during the summer last yeah. year. Yeah, Sometime. I remember when you first came in here, and then, like, you came back in, like, recently, yeah. and I was like, holy fucking shit, what have you been eating? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm like, you put on at least 20 pounds, and you were like, yeah, I was like 220, I'm like 240 now. I'm like, Is it 245? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. We, ha- we actually had an eating competition one day. <laughs> did you win? Did, did you win, Packard? No, no, I didn't. I'm we went to the cat. One. And okay. At our at our cafeteria, you get three meal swipes a day, so you can get like a wrap, chips, and a drink, or you can get like a hot meal, like or fries, or like tenders, fries, all yeah. that stuff. I I got 
two wraps. Yeah. Two I think we all got the same thing. Dude was on this too. Dude definitely won. And just two saying. Rice Krispie treats with three waters. And we had, like, we would just be eating. I'd be in, like, my fifth thing. Like, about to throw up and Greg just staring at me. <laughs> you don't want to be great today. Did he have his lime green glasses on? No, I didn't. I wish. No. <laughs> and, like, this dude, I'm not kidding, ate everything. And just, you know, I'm like, oh, you're not finished out those waters. Opens them, drinks them, just slams them on the table. And I'm like, I'm just, I go home, I fell asleep for, like, three hours. I was sick to my stomach. And, like, three Two hours later, I'm making a protein shake. I'm like, dude, I can't eat for three days. It's unreal. I mean, we buy the eggs by 60, and we probably make 30 at a time. Jesus. Holy shit. I can tell you, this house that, like, us, like, we never skip a lift, and we always eat. Is it the three of you and then these two? No, it's me, Ty, Greg, and Duda. Okay. Same house. That's That's a crew. I've I've seen most of you in here together at some point, and... Yeah, it gets ugly. It, it, I mean, I didn't, wasn't gonna say that, but okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. I was gonna say rally. big, big Fortnite guys. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it this way: Packard's uh, flag saved us. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> not even don't even. Nah, we can't. Nah, Coach Raz, we'll can't. tell you later. Nope. <laughs> we'll t- we'll t- I'll, I'll message Raz. Don't worry. Don't, <laughs> we'll, don't, we'll get the dirty details. <laughs> but no, man, just have having like people for accountability or people to push you. Like in life, you need people. You need this. I like to surround myself with people that gas me up, but that also can keep me in check. Like, if I say something that's not good or not a good idea, like, hey, it's a fucking stupid idea. Like, I think it's important people to have around you. And, like, it seems like you guys got it. Fucking yeah. push each other. And yeah, man. I mean, listen, some days I don't want to do shit. Here come, here they come. They got to, you know. Yeah. Every day. They gotta shake me sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, like I appreciate them Dude. more than they know. Yeah. And like you know, in the end, when we raise a plaque in Tennessee, it'll it'll be worth it. It's probably. tough love. Yeah. I like. I can be a, a dick sometimes. I know that. Like I just like. I like winning a lot, and I know what it takes to win. Like we were there last year. We were close, and like I don't want that feeling again of losing, when it matters. So like if. Like, if I'm tired or Pac's tired and he's like, ah, or Ty, whoever, like, I'm on your ass. Like, let's go. Yeah. You'll feel better after you do it. It, you takes, sa- it takes sacrifice. Right. Like, like, how much, like, how, Greg, how much have you sacrificed over the last two years? A lot. Like, I, I don't, I don't talk to many people no more. Like, if you're not around me day to day, I don't talk to you. Like, I don't even, like, I talk to my parents once in a while on the phone. But, right. like, I text them, but, like, on the phone, not much. Right. I understand. I think it's like, it's part of the like the path to success. Like, is you you gotta put good people around you, and then you gotta put on your your tunnel vision and. and you gotta have go. people with the same goals and like the same mindset. Like this, right. like especially like the kids like I live with and live with every day. It's like we all like we know the feeling of last year, and like we refuse to let it happen right. again. And like with this group is just so motivated. Like we all get out of class like twelve fifteen. One o'clock, we're in the room. Like we all know, we're going to the gym. Wait, no text has to be sent. Like we know, I, we're listening to Five Finger Death Punch. We're I, dry I feeling. I do. Like it's it's, it's cr- like this group is the most motivated group of guys I've ever in my life even seen. It's unreal. And we it don't did. even use our school gym. We go like off campus and like we all buy memberships and like you'll walk in and it's you know guys. it's every like, it's like hoods up and you see five plates on the rack. It's yeah. like these guys are gone. These like, guys are every not day. fucking around. Yeah, and that, that definitely makes a big difference. I mean, I, you know, when I lived in New York City, you know, I had two of my roommates, like, we all of us worked out. And same thing. Like, one of us would be like, fuck, 
I really don't want to do this today. And then the other person would be like, get your ass up. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Like, it's time to go. And you're going to feel better and whatnot. Like, like you said, though, you don't even need to yeah. send a text. Like, my one friend, every, every morning, 7 a.m., we were at the fucking gym. Like, this was before we even lived together. Like, at the gym, 7 a.m. Never had to send a text. The only time I would be, like, sitting there, I'd be, like, doing my warm-up. I'll never forget this. I'm doing, like, just, like, messing around the fly machine, just waiting for him. It's, like, 7.15. I'm, like, this motherfucker overslept. And I'm, like, all right. I sent him a text, got nothing. I was, like, I'm going to get after it. But in the grand scheme of things, more times than not, we always were there, 7 a.m., every day. It becomes a, a routine. Yeah. Like, yeah. part of the routine. Big routine. Like, I like getting out of class, and, like, when class is over... Uh, I hate class. Like class is boring. I fall asleep sometimes. I don't want to go, but I'll go. And like I look forward to going home, and putting on headphones and going to the gym with my guys and just not caring about anything in the world Dude, besides like, what we're doing right now like in the gym. Nothing else matters. Like it's I can't even describe you the feeling. Like we all just know. Like we're just there because like in the back of our minds we all know what we're doing. Right. Losing to Niagara like was the worst thing that's ever happened to us. And like we this just in the back of our mind. Like, we'll even pull it up. Like, I remember, you guys know Patch. Like, one day he was, like, squatting, going for a PR. He's going to squat 405 for the first time. I took a screenshot of the final score, 10 to 9, losing on a walk off my place in front of him. He was he was the one. Don't get me wrong, Patch. I'm not, like, adding you here. He was the one that was on the mound when we lost. It wasn't really his fault. He dominated. But I put it right in front of him. And he just... <laughs> shaking the bar, just rattling it. Easy money, 405. It's just like this group is unreal. It's scary. Well, and I like what you said, how you guys go there and nothing else matters. Like, you don't think about anything else. And, like, that's the biggest thing, whether you're an athlete or not. When you go to your workout or to your class that you're doing to lose weight or whatever it is, like, don't think about anything else. Like, you're there to focus on you. Focus on what the main thing is. Keep the main thing the main thing. I say that a lot to a lot of kids. I'm like, keep the main thing the main thing. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, focus on, like, you and what matters and what your goals are. Like, that's the main thing. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of other shit going on, whether it's social media, school, everything like that. But, like, what's your goals? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, keep the main thing the focus main thing. Focus on, like, why you're there, right? right? Yeah. Always yeah. focus on the why. I think a lot of kids don't know why they're doing things. Like, parents force them to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, they see other kids progressing. Yeah like working out or eating better parents force the kid to do it the kid's not gonna want to do it right. i think if you let the kid figure it out on his own like oh shit wake up call i need to do this to be good and keep competing and if you don't figure that out soon enough you're not playing no more yeah and yeah. then you also get you know the parents that'll push the kid into doing something because they see this kid doing it and they're like well you know that kid hit puberty a little bit sooner right. you know like yeah he's gonna be a little bit bigger like it's just kind of the, the nature of science shit the way life goes sometimes you bro. Know? No, like, but, like, having the internal motivation, that's it. If you don't have that, at some point you're going to get roadblocked and you're done and you're going to stop. Like, it, it comes from, from within you. Um, another thing I want to touch on, Ty, like, how important is, uh, uh, like, time management in college, right? Like, it's tough. I Practice mean, it's class. tough for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely tough, you know. Sometimes getting up's tough, you know. Like, I like summer ball a lot. Like, it was money getting up in the morning, you know, getting here getting your Chipotle, getting your nap, going to the game. Like, school is so much different. Like, every day is just a mystery. Like, you don't know what you're going to be doing at this time. Right. I'm, like, a creature of habit. Like, I like doing the same things, like, at the same time, like, every day. And, like, you know, class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and, like, Tuesday, Thursday, there's no class. So it's, like, you know, sometimes you want to sleep. Sometimes you want to get up and you get at it. Like, I mean, time, like, doing homework, like, shit sucks. Like, you don't want to fucking do it more than half the time. I mean, 
end up doing it anyway. Ever. Don't ever want to do it. Never want to do it. But, you know, you got to do it. And I think, like, (laughs) a big thing is just prioritizing. You know what I mean? Like, making a checklist of what you got to do in your day. Mm -hmm. And if you check it off every day, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I think you get everything done. Yeah, that's it. I'm a big, I'm a big list guy. Too. You're definitely yeah, like a big list I, guy. I have a planner, like you know, big list, like you know, gym, my morning routine, like my homework, my practice, and maybe one extra thing I need to do that day. Right. So, you know, that's big. No, I think I think I think that that's super important. It's something just like kids got to be ready for. Yeah. I mean, and I know I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit it. Sometimes my routines suck. Sometimes my routines need to be better we keep them in line though you know season's coming so definitely things will get better and right ship will be a little tighter right. so so why don't you guys right now just say we got and we got a lot of high schoolers that listen like talk to them about like what your like what did you what your season's like like what the schedule's like you're gonna go on a trip you're gonna play like how intensive is it what's the week look like um mm. for uh, you want to start like in the so spring, pitchers go the first you guys right. go first so pitchers go basically first. like this year we're playing a full season we play a doubleheader Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Six to eight games a week, depending on rainouts, cancels. So for us personally, we don't have class Tuesday, Thursday, because in the spring we travel on those days. We have doubleheaders. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we usually, there's basketball. There's, and like being a junior college, you don't have huge facilities, so you all have to share the gym. Practice from like 8 to 11, sometimes 9 to 12, like whatever it is. And the next day we have practice at noon. And then during the season, you know, we're always traveling. We don't really practice much honestly like in every pitcher like you know when you're pitching like saturday your sunday tuesday and like every like there's a schedule day one through five and like you're just on separate days with like the same kids so, like during the season me and greg will be on the same day hopefully like and then we just kind of go about our days like that and kind of just figure it out like if someone misses a start like someone's got to fill in like it's a it's a long season but i mean 52 games like that's a in two months i mean it's a grind so like go back to everything you do here like it matters like the lifting like you've got to be ready and you got to like like tie set with the time management like if you don't have your homework done like raz emphasizes so much if you don't have a 3-0 don't bother like go into a once where you want if you don't have a 3-0 no shot right and it's we've seen it happen multiple times this year with multiple kids didn't have a 3-0 kids could have went to big big time schools and they're like you don't have a 3-0 don't no shot right right and raz seems great man like i've only i've never met him i've only heard amazing things about him like, how important is it to have someone like him? To I think, like... It's different forever. Rat, okay. yeah. Very different. Rat, uh, I don't know how to explain this. He's a psycho. I don't know. Like, he does... We do crazy shit in the beginning of the year, every year. Like, running, doing all this conditioning crap. And, like, I hate it. And, like, I got pulled in the office with me and uh, Coda, our third baseman. He's like, listen, I love you guys. He goes, but you're fucking annoying me complaining every day about running and stuff and he's like i need you guys to lead the team or help lead the team and like like raz is there for you like when you need it but like he also likes when guys when the the team leads like he's he's there but it's up to us like he doesn't play for us his playing days are over right he's the coach we if we want to win we're going to win with our guys not him right right but what, what would you tell a high school kid who is considering, like, okay, I'm going to go to this low D1 and maybe play and see what happens? Or, like, hey, I'm thinking about going to a community college, you know, where I'm going to I'm gonna go on it myself and I'm going to try to improve myself and then put myself in a place that was, you know, above where I was at coming out of high school. Let me speak on this. Coach, I think, I, like, you know, I was thinking about this before. Like, 
you know, you have opportunities out of high school to go at junior college to play right away. Like, think about you go to a four-year, like you're a freshman. You're not really playing much. You're not really doing much. Like, sophomore year, maybe you get a good opportunity. But, like, think about it. You go to junior college, it's like your fall is your tryout. Like, you can smash up in the fall. You can do good in the fall. And then you're you're going to be in that day one fucking lineup. Like, you're ready to go for the spring. Like, you don't see that at four years very often. So, like, I think your opportunities are earned as you keep going, like, with junior college rather than a four-year where you're just stuck, you know, behind someone who's older than you. Mm-hmm. I think that's how four-years typically operate. And right. JUCO is just like, <laughs> I mean, at least Coach Raz, like, if you're not fucking doing it, someone else is going to fucking do it for you. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, next man up type thing. I'll add on that, too. I feel like if you're a high schooler considering going to, like, a low Division one school, like if that if that's what fits you, then for sure, like, go about it. That's for sure if that's what fits you. If that's you. what fits you. But, like, just know that, like, and you're considering the junior, like, junior college, like, there's junior college guys that are, like, 20 years old, 21 years old, maybe even 22 years old in some cases. Like, that division, low mid, like, Division one school is, like, that could be their last chance. And, like, they are fighting and doing everything in their willpower to take that spot from you. They they don't give a fuck. It's, like, Juco's cutthroat. Like, for example, if you want to play in our lineup at Herkimer, you have to go two for four, three for four every game. <laughs> or your ass is on the bench. <laughs> the, like, not even, like, on the bench. Like, you're the last person. Like, you're at the end of the line. Next man up. Like, he... N- no bullshit. Like, right. it's like that. Like, like I feel like junior guys, they're just so hungry. Like, they just... And, like... I mean, for, I don't know about you, but, like, when I went to, like, I went down on an official visit to Dayton, mm-hmm. like, they showed me all the facilities, and, like, I didn't really have, a, like, reaction. They are like, how are the facilities? And I was like, this is great. And they're like, they're like, this is why we love junior college guys, because, like, you don't have shit. Like, you don't get gear. You don't get nothing. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, this is great. You got a locker room. We don't have a locker room. We don't have a weight room. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Juco, Juco guys appreciate more. 100%. Well, it's the, it's the, you know, I mean, shit. The goat himself. It's the Tom Brady mentality, you know. Yeah. Like always have that chip on your shoulder. 199th pick, like, but never acted like he was the goat. Always, always was worried about the guy taking his job. And I think that's the difference of like a JUCO guy or some, as opposed to like you said, this person that went to like a low level D1. That JUCO guy that's 21, like he's fighting and clawing for that spot. It's not even for a start. That's like that could be like the end of his career. Right. Like what he's fighting for, not just like oh I'm a freshman. Like dude, that could be like it. Right, so he's fighting and clawing to get to take your spot, to take your spot. That like, and if he's gonna put in that grind and that effort, they're gonna notice that, and they may see that, and they may be like, ah, oh, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna take this spot from you, and then from there, what do you do? And like more and more coaches are liking junior college. Yeah, like junior awesome. college is getting so much more popular because like they just know like guys get you get that college experience right away. Like you're gonna play 50 games. Like there's freshman and sophomore. Like you have a high chance of playing. And like they just love JUCO guys. Like right. he said, they're so appreciative of everything. And like they're just, it's just like a different. You're mindset. grown up. You That's got two years say. to develop. Right. I was become just going to say that. Yeah. Well, the grown up is big because how yeah. much like you took you're, that right out. Like, understand more. You're we locked eyes. I knew what you're, you're thinking. You're, you're, you're just right in the eyes. You're a different. <laughs> you're you're a different human, like 19, 20, 21, than yeah. you are 17, 18. Absolutely. Like that was. You're that, a different student from your freshman year to your sophomore year. It's crazy. <laughs> that. I'd say outside of like my baseball, like like how I perform, like the way I've grown up in these three years, like is like like in high school I, mean, I was like a dick, like teachers hated me, like I was just like 
I don't know, but, like, now, like, I would be, like, if I had to say, like, I'm probably one of the nicer kids on the team, like, kids will, like, ask me anything, like, I always tell anyone, like, if you need help, just let me know, like, if you're gonna match what I do and, like, put in work, like, I will, I'll help anyone, I don't care, like, what it is, like, Raz, like, it's, like, it's just, like, that, like, he's just growing up is, like, a huge thing, because, like, Raz, like, dude, like, figure it out, like, right. if you don't figure it out, see ya, like, right. like, you have to. Yeah, but as a person, and then, like, okay, then deciding what I want to do with the next few years of my life. Louisville or the draft or Dayton like you feel like you just know yourself more as a person and what you want in life and what to do than like a high schooler making that decision yeah I mean yeah like I you know I came into her I was like ah, I want to you know I want to go try play at like a SUNY school like division one right and like quickly those aspirations change to what's best for me what do I want as a career like I don't see myself getting drafted like you know, everything changes from time to time, from month to month, day to day, really. So it's like, you know, these two guys, obviously, like, they have a very good chance of going very far with their career. For me, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to probably. I'm still going to work like I want to. Right. But, you know, it's like, you know, you can't be too optimistic about it. You just got to find what's best for you and do, you know, your route. Every route's different. Now, now for you, Ty, like, we talked about this, I feel like, the other day. Like, kids identify so strongly with being a baseball player or a football player or a basketball player, like, being that athlete. So, like, for you, was that, like, a – it's when, almost, I, like, when I go to class, I never wear a baseball apparel. Like, but before that. And there's a reason behind that. I mean, in like high before, school, for, for sure. For, like, like, when you were in high school, like, the transition from, like, high school to when you went to JUCO. I mean, and junior college, like, year to I think your first semester, you kind of figure out what you want to do. You know, like your first semester is like you get your feet wet, you kind of figure out what you want to be, what you want to do in college. And I've always been, you know, I want to be the best in the classroom because I just think being on top of your shit in the classroom, nothing else can go wrong. Like, you know, if you have good grades, then if baseball is working for you, then it's working for you. You know, you have good grades to go with it. But, you know, after that, it's like, you know, you just got to try to keep going. I don't know. Did you have like? Did you feel like there was a switch that flipped from like, okay, I identify solely as like a baseball or a player or an athlete, to like, okay, I want other things in life too. I think that. like wherever my feet are at the time. So like, if I'm in the classroom, I'm fully focused on what the professor is putting in front of me. Mm-hmm. If I'm at my desk, I'm fully focused on doing my homework or doing whatever I got to do. If you're on the and then if I'm at practice, I'm focused on. You know, I'm trying to get my pitchers better. I'm trying to like talk to them. Trying to work with hitters trying to talk with coaches like you know everything just has to get like be where your feet are and kind of compartmentalize 100 percent. okay that, yeah. that that's like the big thing i feel like you know who are you when you're not on the field and that's something that i feel yeah. like i always talk to i might even talk to you about it at one point and i like here. my downtime too don't get me wrong like sometimes just going to take a nap and relax big and whatever you need that big fan of naps big 100 percent <laughs> Yeah, but. yeah. No, this 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 is true, man. Um, no, I think we've learned a lot from these guys. It's just For like sure. a, it, it's just taking a. I mean, I know I wrote in our notes before the show like an unconventional route, but I think people get fixated on like, I got to sign when I'm a fucking junior in high school, and I got to do this and that. I see you shaking your head, right? It's just it's the worst thing. Like, I mean. Yes and no. If for baseball, if you're throwing 95 miles per hour and you want to sign with Mississippi State, sure. sign with Mississippi State. Right. But so much can if you sign with as a sophomore, so much can change. Like not even from like say a head coach leaves, 
or like the program changes conferences or like you get hurt or like even like an ego thing like say if you sign this software like oh i already signed division one like that work ethic gone like for some for in some cases like and that it's game changing like it's a lot that goes into it right yeah, I just think it's like you you got to stay up with the grind. You got to stay focused, and it's like you got to do what's best for you. And and whether like that's not the route others are taking, or you feel like others feel a certain type of way about it, it's like you got to block shit out, Greg, and like stay focused and 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 do what's do what's best for you. So, yeah, no, I appreciate all you guys coming on. I think it's uh, important for high schoolers and, and parents to hear, and and I really appreciate it and a lot to learn. So, hopefully, we all can can do it again and, and talk again after you guys guys win a championship this year. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Hopefully. Hey, hey pre- appreciate all you guys. Can, right. we sneak, can we sneak a brewmate with a uh, beverage in for that national championship interview? Or? We can. We'll t- we'll I'll talk. be 21, so I'll get it. I got to see IDs, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> It'll be like a 15-day bender for the hood boys, so we'll figure that out. Hey, hey we appreciate everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. Boys. That was, that was like two fucking...